What's up, y'all? Before I get the show started, I wanted to say thank you for supporting my show. Um, also, be on the lookout for Cookout Merch. Um, I am getting some stuff done right now. Um, have some extra designs I'm working on. That'll be coming very soon. Also, if you have not, go ahead and share this show with a friend. Leave me a comment, rate, and subscribe. Thank you so much. Now let's get ready for the show. Ayo, what up, though? This episode of The Cookout is brought to you by Pulling Double Duty today because I'm recording two shows, bitch. So, yes, y'all better appreciate what I do for y'all, huh? Booked and busy. Uh, (laughs) Booked and busy. You damn right. Okay, welcome back to the cookout, everybody. I'm your host, Chase Cassidy. And this is going to be a really cool episode of The Cookout. We're going to get right to it. So who bought the potato salad to The Cookout this week? Um, a series on Netflix by the name of What If. Have y'all seen that? I started I, 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 st- I started it and fell asleep, but I'm going to get back to it. Ooh, it is uh, fire. Probably, probably going to watch it today. Nah, it is so it. fire. I started watching it yesterday, like afternoon. What was it about again? Um, it's pretty. It's hard to describe, but it's pretty much like, um, what if you had to sacrifice, like, the person you love or your marriage or what for something that you really, really, really wanted or mm. something that they really wanted. Is it um is it like segmented episodes like Black Mirror? No, no. It's actually like a, a running series. And okay, that's what gotcha. I thought it was gonna be too. But uh Renee Zellweger plays this mystery kind of woman mm-hmm. who can like make your, your your dreams come true because she has like all the money in the world. Something crazy like that. Okay. And a lot of it isn't like really revealed revealed yet. I'm like five episodes in. And it's just like they give you a lot of mystery, and then they'll like answer just enough of it to get you to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Then they give you a little bit more mystery and like answer a little bit more. It's like that kind of like give like and take. Great writing. Yeah, Sounds it is. Like it's really good. Writing. I love Renee too. Yo, like I she really surprised yeah, she's me. Good. She's giving me like vibes of like uh, Meryl Streep from The Devil Wears Prada mm-hmm. okay. mixed with Jessica Lange from American Horror Story Coven. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much that. Mm-hmm. Like she's kind of like kind of sexy but kind of like scary at the same time like it's, it's really dope ugly woman. I don't think she's no, no she's kind of she's kind of sexy <laughs> she's kind of ugly no it's, <laughs> nah, it's, I'm, I'm with it I was like okay I mean <laughs> I believe her I believe her no it's good you, I think you guys are like it so um, I've been watching that like since yesterday I'm mm-hmm. probably going to finish it up today um, so yeah shouts out to what if for bringing the potato salad check it out if you haven't it's really dope um, okay who is at the... I've never got through it this quick. This is like three minutes and 30 seconds in. All right. Who is at the family Just table? Speed it, baby. <laughs> Speed it, baby. No, because this is this is a really good, like, meaty episode, and I want to get to a lot of the, the content. Um, at the family table today, I'm back for his first time since he showed his ass when he was drunk. <laughs> uh, does that mean? Hey, Dimitri. Oh, hey, y'all. It's your girl, Dimitri. <laughs> Hysterical. He's so dumb. <laughs> Hi, my loves. But... Hi, my loves. Welcome back. Welcome back. You remember that? Welcome, Welcome back. back. Yeah. Shout out to that. Mason Bethel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. How you been, man? You know, living my life like it's golden. Oh, my la- gold hoop. Last time you were here, you were living your life like it was copper, but I don't, you, you know. know. It was Shout gold. out to pennies. It was what? <laughs> <laughs> you said pennies? I thought you said panties. No, no, pennies. No. pennies. 
I'm stones. glad to see you. How you been, man? You know, she's doing good. You know, okay. got a little breast left. You know, losing a little weight. Okay. Skin oh. And moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I already see where this is going. You oh, I already see where this is going. You see how Also, back at the family table, pull up Poppy himself. Yo. Groovy Lou, what's happening, man? Not much, man. I'm I'm phenomenal. I'm great. Awesome. Haven't been able to say that in a long time, but I'm feeling real good today. I'm glad, man. I'm glad. And what's today? Today is Recovery Sundays, Yato people. Sabe. You know what time <laughs> you it is. You already know what it is. You know what time it is. What do you have in your cup today? Uh, today I am doing a uh, white rum with tonic water. Okay. Okay. That yes, nice, nice little insane. spring summertime. Yeah. You know, light drink. You know. Okay. Cool. So you gonna keep hold it light for the people. You gonna hold it together this yeah, time? Yeah, we gonna we gonna we gonna we gonna slow roll it this week. <laughs> we we cool. gonna slow walk the dog this week. <laughs> also back at the family table, she is now a veteran. This is her second time here. My my girl crush, Destiny is back. Hey girl. Hey. How you doing, beautiful? I'm doing good. 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 Having? I'm glad you're here. Um, actually, today's topic is Destiny's brainchild. She came up with it. Cause I was struggling with what to do with this episode, and then she hit yeah, me I was, up. Yeah, I, I was I was literally sitting here in the bed like 15 <laughs> minutes before I left the house. I'm right. Like, what the fuck is this gonna be about? Exactly. <laughs> you know, she hit me out of nowhere though. Like you were like a godsend. You have no idea. Like she hit me out of nowhere. She was like, "Yo, what do you think about doing this?" I was like, "Yes, queen." Okay. So, can you tell the people what we're talking about today? So, I it is based off of this book um, that I just got done reading by Michelle Felgate called What Mother and I Don't Talk About. Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. really made me think about, um, it's like 15 different authors and essays, and it really made me think about my own personal life. And, um, and just in like the black and brown community, like all the right. issues that we really don't address or acknowledge or discuss yeah. or professionally, you know, seek help for. And how it soon becomes generational um, right. issues mm -hmm. and things that you can't quite put your finger on. Like, well, why do I act that way? Right. Or why, you know? So that's, what that, that's okay. where that came from. So let me Fair tell you, I was fire about Destiny. So I was uh, mapping the notes for the show, like getting everything ready. And like, I'm laying in bed this morning and like I get a text message from her and she like sends me like <laughs> some of like the best notes I've ever yeah, seen in my entire life. Session. Like she had, like, and I mean like Hilarious. full, I was like, yes, queen. <laughs> so it's amazing. So we actually going to start um, with her stuff because I okay. think it's, I think it's incredible and I might like weave some of my stuff in and out. Mm -hmm. um, let's start with um, how black families um, deal with. Toxic relationships. Let's start there. How do we, how, how, let's talk about that. They don't. Right, right. Um, in Destiny's Note, she says, toxic relationships, how to identify, navigate, and safely walk away from them, involving support and professional help to end the pattern or cycle. Um, this is something I can definitely say was not at all talked about in my in my growing up in my in my black household. Same here. It just wasn't a thing. Like, right. you know, it's like I, I did see examples of whether it was in my family or not, relationships that were abusive mm -hmm. that probably should have ended years ago. And for whatever reason we're staying in it, we're here and like mm -hmm. nobody would talk about it. Stay like together for the kids. Yeah. Um Uncle So and so would take Aunt So and so in the room and like beat her ass. Mm -hmm. And like the rest of the family sitting out in the living room. You know, stuff like that. Right. Like thing I you know, how do we <clears throat> how do we navigate that? How do we deal with that? How do we break that cycle? What do y'all think? It reminds. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say. Um, I think in a, in a family situation, because um, you're complicit when you're silent. Yes. You know, wow. so it has to be at least one person that's strong enough within that family unit to want 
to want to and have the desire to be strong enough to stand up and break that cycle. Right. Um, somebody, somebody has to, you know, say so, somebody got to take somebody to, you know, therapy or see some type of specialist or something. Somebody mm-hmm. has to be strong enough to say, you know, hey, pull somebody to the side, you know, this, this ain't what it is. We need to go talk about this. Um, I mean, and, and a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with older black and brown people, they're very stubborn, so you can only yes. do what you can do yeah, yeah. Uh, within that construct. But, um, but somebody has to be strong enough to stand up and break the cycle. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, it's so weird because it does remind me of the song that you sent us. It said, when you're sick of some shit, you get over some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I just, that line. That, that was a line. That was a line. That was a bar. You got to so, get sick of some shit to right, get over some man. shit. That's and real. That was and a bar. I think it really, to um, somewhat piggyback on what you said, but I really do think it's the person as well because, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, you really got to get mad or you got to really get over it. Like, Because I was just pissed off about something with my friend. I was like, I'm the type of person I react from emotion, and that's probably the only time I will do what I need to do ah. is when I'm in that emotional state okay. and I'm upset or pissed. And I think it's you have to really get to your breaking point. And yeah. I think sometimes people just don't get to that. And I mm-hmm. guess you gotta as family members, you gotta push toward, you gotta, you gotta help your sister out. Like, okay, girl, this is doing this. This is doing that. Think about it. Think about the bitch that you used to be. Think about the bitch you are now. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> like, girl, what would this you do? What would you do back then? Like, yeah. is this the bitch you always wanted to be? You know? Yeah. You gotta really bring, you know, shine the mirror. I guess you said therapy, get somebody to talk to you, but you really gotta pull up the mirror and be like, okay, girl, is this who you wanna be? You still, you know, you yeah. want to be putting on makeup, you know, putting on that right. cold spoon, you know, all that shit. Not oh. the cold spoon. <laughs> you are so dumb. Wow. <laughs> you know, Shout out to 1967. Because okay. foundation don't cover it up, sis. That's true. That's true. Destiny, how you feel oh, about man. that? Um, what were you thinking when you wrote that note? Oh, my gosh. So, of course, the first thing that came to mind was, you know, my mom and, like, are my earliest memories of um, ex- witnessing, you know, her toxic relationships that mm-hmm. she, you know, with the men that she chose to have in her life. And just remember, like, growing up in North New Jersey and, like, us literally, like, packing bags in the middle of the night, like, running, wow. like, running for a cab to, like, and then ducking down in a cab. And oh, then, wow. you know, like, and then two, three weeks later, seeing that same person again. Wow. And then it's like, you know, and then the cycle will go on and on, and then Mm -hmm. it kind of ripple effect, you know, into my own personal life Mm -hmm. and my own early relationships. And remember thinking that it was okay for somebody to, you know, like bust my lip or for us to fist fight or for, you know, for somebody, you know, like thinking that that was in any way acceptable Mm -hmm. and it's only, you know, now in my recent relationship, you know, being married, that you know, you have those discussions with with Ben. He gets angry, yeah. like he couldn't even imagine, right? You know that me being subjected to that or witnessing yeah. that. So that's where that was coming from, and just like seeing that those toxic relationships um, in my mom's life, and you know that experience with my my son's father, mm-hmm. where it's like I would bring certain things to her. And it was like one of those things where it's like, you know, well, he has money. He has money. Yeah. That was the, wow. Yeah, okay. or like, it would it would be a roundabout saying, mm-hmm. you know, thing like a situation that it should have been like immediately chopped off, like right, right. police should have been involved type of thing. And then like the next day it's like, well, he said sorry. Right. Like wow. those things. 
I did not know you Can dealt with stuff like that. that. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird because <clears throat> I just talked about this recently in therapy. Mm-hmm. You normalize it. And like mm-hmm. I was thinking about previous relationships that I was in, you know, talking shit to each other, saying really mean things, actually getting in fights. And I was like, you know, okay, you know, this is probably just me, you know, yeah. the shit I've been dealing mm-hmm. with. But then I think in therapy, I actually talked about my father, him and one of his girlfriends. This bitch was crazy. Like, <laughs> okay. I remember, like, you know what I'm saying? He was, like, my father, I think he probably hit her one time because she hit him type of thing. Like, it was a defense thing, but he never, like, beat her. But she was the type of crazy bitch where she would, like, I remember one time we was just, like, trying to just, like, leave her house or whatever because my daddy was over it. And this bitch is driving her damn t- um, four tourists, chasing after us and trying to, like, hit us. Wow. And I remember one time she was at my mom's house and she was, like, my brother was in the car. And I was I was outside because I wasn't going with my father. And she just ran her car into my father's oh car. My at, at, at whose house? Oh, wow. My mom's. My mom was about to beat her ass. Like, she, I was she, about she, to... Because <laughs> my mom was at I, work at the time. Because my sister was about to jump around her, too, for, like... This is uh, crazy. You know, so it's so weird because I never, you know, you know, I thought I was like, oh shit, that's just something they did or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I really look at my relationships, I was talking to my therapist, so I was like, I've never really probably seen a healthy relationship mm. yeah. as a kid. And I was like, this is probably why I've been through some things. Mm-hmm. This is why I argue, why this is not. And this how how it does really get passed on because I saw that I normalized it. I just thought, okay, love, this bitch is just crazy. Mm-hmm. You know? My father was with her because she had, you know, she had child support checks and shit like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know. So, but you know what I'm saying? It's, like I said, you really do normalize it. You do. And then it does really like rub off on you and how you deal with your relationships. Factual. I mean, even in my in my relationships, I can think, I, it, it never got physical with me in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think I have the... Um, the, uh, I guess, emotional capacity to deal with somebody like, you know, hit. I think I would probably tick, tick, boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the way that I, like, deal with conflict, in mm-hmm. um, the way that I will quickly <coughs> be like, um, okay, you did that, you disrespect me, fuck you kind of thing, and just be like, boom. And, like, there's no, like, I don't, ha- I don't have the capacity to sit and, like, really, like, talk it through with you and then like let it be what it was and move on like actually forget it like not hold it against you mm-hmm. like con- you know mm-hmm. continuously um so stuff like that you know that i've saw as like kind of like an, a, an example um and it's something that was like never really talked about like to the point where like having this conversation now i'm like yo like mom's just gonna be here next next week i need we need to <laughs> we need to have a conversation i'm be like yo sis like what like how do you cause i'm not even sure that she even realizes yeah. that you know what i'm saying yeah. And she's a mental health professional, but I don't think she's like made those connections. And if, and if she's ha- she has, like, we need to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think these conversations are certainly like necessary, and it opens up your eyes to like those generational curses that have been passed down. Because like mm-hmm. she learned it from somewhere too. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, it wasn't just something she came up with. Um, let's talk about something that I actually touched on on uh, last week's episode that got a lot of reaction out of people, even some of the people at the table. Let's talk about sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another note that Destiny made. It says, acknowledging that it's happening, yes. Stop giving it other names. Come on now, somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and involve professional help to help victims process. Um, so my experience with that, um, uh, I was sexually abused from the time I was like maybe like four to like maybe 11-ish, kind of like off and on. And I said on the show last week that like it's not something that I've ever like necessarily been angry about or felt a certain kind of way, but I recognize that it's something that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I don't want to soften what it is because it was serious and it was egregious, but at the same time, it's like, damn, like do I need to go see somebody about that? Because I'm not like I, I'm not angry. I'm not right. like it's just kind of like something that's there. Right. But I will say something I didn't say last week. I do see where in my life that even I'm not angry 
about it. I see where it has affected me in certain kind of ways. So uh, when it comes to like intimacy and um, and abandonment stuff, I I, I feel it. Um, do you guys have any like experiences with that? Like, how do y'all feel about this type of thing? Um, yeah, yeah. So I I mean. When I wrote that uh, that comment, like giving it other names, yeah, that was um, I meant to ask it. But what what did, what, did you, what what did you mean by that? So, uh, you know, so my experience, or one of my experience, um, was probably when I was like nine, and it wasn't. It was one of those things where it's like, you know, how do I categorize sexual abuse? And mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, if it's not penetration, or if it's not, you right. know touching of private parts or, or something like that. Or if like it's not what, violent. If it's not, yeah, if yeah, it's not rape or something, like how do you categorize? And I'll never forget, you know, like my stepfather's friend coming over and, you know, he would be watching a game in their room or whatever. <clears throat> and, and I remember going in the room and um, him asking me to pass in the remote and him smacking me on my ass. Whoa. And I was just kind of like. At nine? You know, yeah. And then it was just one of those scenes like, oh. okay, so that that went past. And then, yeah. you know, me being in a, at the age of 15, being in a relationship with somebody that was 21. Mm. And him being able to freely come and go, like, for some oh, reason, wow. it was like, and you know, and it's crazy because, you know, like, that resulted in a pregnancy and that resulted mm -hmm. in a loss. And it's just crazy. And that mm. was, you know, I, I never really categorized it as, you know, sexual abuse because I wanted like I wanted to be in that relationship yeah, with yeah, them yeah. but not realizing that in many ways they were taking advantage of me right. like mm -hmm. there were plenty of times where you know I didn't know what sex was he's educating me like right, teaching right. me like how he wanted me to like be with him yeah. or you know or whatever and I'm 15. You know what's crazy is that like thinking back on it like I remember distinctly my mother when I was a kid like always saying to me like yo like you know, if you're touched this way, let me know. Like, so the door was mm -hmm. open with her. Like, it was mm -hmm. always like that. But thinking back on it in my four-year-old mind, like, I'm like, oh, it's it's another kid. He's just an older kid. Right. And like, mm -hmm. oh, it's not like, you know, it doesn't hurt. It's not, you know, so yeah. this can't right. be what she was talking yeah. about. You know, and then by the time I realized, like, what it was, it was like, you know, here I am, a preteen. And I'm like, thinking this whole time, like, oh, this is normal. This happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, so by the time it hit me, I'm like, yo, that... Is that what sexual abuse is? Like I didn't, yeah, I didn't right. realize. You know what I'm saying? Like, like oh, so, okay. and then I start to feel like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of screwed up that I didn't recognize that that's what it was. You know, and the uh, only part of me that felt bad was that, like, yo, like my mom's had the door open for me to talk to her about it, yeah. and I didn't walk through the door because I didn't realize. Essentially you didn't know what that it was. that was actually what it was. Like yeah, yeah, because I had like a different picture in my mind of what it was. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it'll be like some because they painted us this big bad monster, right? When really, yeah. right, it's, right, right. it's very subtle and gentle, and yeah. you know. In in my instance, like he was welcome in our home. Like my mom mm -hmm. looked at it as a healthy boyfriend girlfriend like type mm -hmm. of relationship. Yeah. And you know, behind the scenes, it was very ugly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, I ended up having to leave the state just to mm -hmm. like wow. get away from that. Yeah. But like recognizing that it shows up in my marriage to this mm -hmm. day. Like you know, I jump like when Ben goes to like do this. He and mm. it drives me crazy. Oh, wow. Like he like. Ben is very affectionate. He's very like shocking. 
Hey, baby. Super, uh, y'all. He's like so gentle and like so affectionate, uh-huh. and because that's how his family is. They right. like they rub each other's backs, and they, you know, like his mom still scratches back to his day, or Aww. you know, like they hug each other and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. I'm not that person, and I mm-hmm. think it is because like I'm starting to. Um, feel safer and are you know like being more vulnerable but I hate like for a long time I would hate when he would like just rub Mm -hmm. my back because I always took that as a sign that you want something Mm. it's it's time to go have sex yeah like that's how I always so let me so let me uh, let me ask you something um so you said that he's like I guess you know very affectionate Mm -hmm. um you not so much now do you feel like that is a natural balance for you or do you feel like that may cause some issue because i've been in a similar mm-hmm. relationship situation so do you feel like that's some like does he would he does he want you to be more affectionate or so he's never really expressed it like i wish you would let me you know like mm-hmm. you know like i feel yeah. like he's very understanding mm-hmm. okay um we don't go into detail about mm-hmm. like my past relationships yeah. or whatever. And I think he knows that it's, it's a very deep wound there. Right, so right. if anything, he's just very understanding. He's super patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to, I, I definitely recognize that that's not normal. Like yeah. this is my husband. Like so, I so, this, so the past trauma for you is a, is a roadblock to the affection portion. Is that, do you think that's what it is? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Gotcha. Right. What's like interesting physical touch, physical touch. I have to, um, basically, break it down that this is physical touch from your husband and he means no harm. Right, right. Rather than physical touch, this is this guy, you know, like wanting, you mm-hmm. know, sexual, right, you right, know right. what I mean? So The thing about sexual abuse, and, and I'm not sure if, if you've felt this as well, is that it does, whether it's painful or not physically, it does rob you of, of something or some things Absolutely. that have to do with you. Um, for me, it like was... Uh, I, I was certainly robbed of innocence. I don't know what it's like um, to ever have any type of innocence because my memories start around four, mm-hmm. and that's kind of when it started. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it's like to have like a clear. I've always been very aware of what sex is yeah. and like you know those types of things, and so like that that kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, and again, with with intimacy, when it comes to not even just physical, but just like even like emotional intimacy, yeah. in some ways, I'm kind of like, yo, like I'm waiting for you to do some shit to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And like, on guard, right, all the time. right, right, yeah. right, right. So it it does rob you of certain things, and so I do wonder sometimes, like, yo, who would I have been had this not happened? Mm-hmm. You know? So, and I'm I'm pretty sure in your experience, you might be thinking, yo, like, am I naturally like not really affectionate, or is it something that was taken from me? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it it always crosses my mind, like you know, because my mom my mom isn't really affectionate either though mm-hmm. like she like we don't we don't hug each other and mm-hmm. you know like we aren't calling each other up just to say i love you whereas you know he is mm-hmm. and like there are times where i'll be sitting out on the screen in porch i do my morning reading or whatever and like just this morning like ben came behind me like to massage my shoulders and i immediately he jumped. like yeah like what the fuck are you doing right he's like oh like i didn't mean to and then right, he like right. and then he'll like draw back and then he'll just sit down next to me and gotcha. like in silence or whatever but um yeah and that is a really good question like mm-hmm. what would yeah you know what would that person look like mm-hmm. had that you know that's just crazy too what we do in black families is that sometimes you know uh sometimes it is a secret and, like nobody really knows that you know a child in the family is being abused but then sometimes we know mm-hmm. because right, we yeah. we've got that one uncle 
in the family. The yeah, we got that. And and but the thing that's crazy to me is, and I really thought about this hit me like a couple months ago. Uh, we were having a conversation about something else, and I made the the point off the cuff that a black family, a lot of times, we will protect, you know, yes. uh, a predator or a molester. Yes. Uh, but then let your cousin be gay. Oh. Oh, child, we gonna crucify. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. I find that to be yeah. uh, that dynamic to be a little bit interesting. <laughs> um, why do y'all think that we in our families will protect? Um, abusers sometimes, whether it be physical, emotional, sexual, why do we protect these people? You have any thoughts I about think, that? I think because we give it other names. Oh, we give okay. it other names, like, you know, in, or we justify it by saying, oh, that's just how he is. He yeah. don't mean no harm. I'll give you an example. My, um, my mom was dating this guy for years, mm-hmm. and um, I'll never forget coming home from work early, and I hear giggles. I know my mom is at work, he wasn't working at the time, and I was like, Girl. somebody's in that room. Wow. And I wanted to be subtle about it, so I called up my mom. I was like, hey, I got to get something out your room. Is it okay? And she was like, yeah. Hung up on her. I bust up in the room. He has a little 13, 14-year-old girl in there and her panties and her bra. Oh, no. I immediately tell my mom, and she's like, you know, I'm like, ma, he's, he's sleeping with that girl. Uh-huh. And this is a little girl that's known around the neighborhood yeah. or whatever. And maybe about a day or so later, she's like, basically, I needed to apologize to him Are for accusing really? him of that and that he was just selling her an iPhone or uh, iPod and showing her how it works. I was like my in her bra wow. and panties in the back wow. bedroom. And from then, like, that's when we started to, like, go downhill. Like, this this one relationship is what busts our relationship wide open. And, wow. you know, so calling it other things. Okay. Absolutely. Gentlemen, what do y'all think about that? Why do you I think, think we protect um, them? It's, this is heavy today. Part of it, I think, I think part of it is um, at the end of the day, especially when you're dealing with um, – with family or a very close loved one, they 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 are that and they hold that title. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the ramifications of the actions that they're that they that they're you know partaking in will land them in jail. Right. right. So yes, the action yeah. that they are doing is fucked up. But at the same token, you don't want to see your loved one in jail. Okay. Um, so I think I think that's a big piece of the of the protection part. And um, because even. I don't even know what maybe well I guess I do know what Duke did kind of make me think of this like even with you know all the shit that R. Kelly is going through that was his family cycle for him because true because in the special true. in the special it started with I believe it was his older sister or yeah. aunt that was molesting him and his brother mm-hmm. and then the cycle continued from there right and then here we are with R. Kelly mm-hmm. um, you know so it, you know and it's you know and it's a lot of situations you know especially with the black families give it to God. Oh yeah, oh, we gonna get there. We want to throw everything in the church, yeah, yeah, and 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 pray and pray it away, and mm-hmm. um, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't more often than not. You gotta you gotta start calling these people out, and you have to you have to Absolutely. do it. So I have I'm gonna have to I'll tell the story, but I'll clear with my um <laughs> my family um and if not I just edit it out. But um so I was probably in maybe ninth grade or so, and uh, at this point we had moved from New York down south. And so I was spending a lot of time around my stepdad's family, getting to know them and everything. And um, one of uh, you know the cousins, uh, he had uh, two sisters, 
and they came to uh, like I think they moved in at this point, you know, with with the cousin or whatever. And they, the cousin also had another brother that came like appeared out of nowhere from like another state or something. And apparently, like he had gotten in some trouble, and like the family was like hiding him mm-hmm. or something. Long story short, got really cool with one of uh, my cousin's sisters, and it's like she was just really dope, really cool girl, um, really down to earth. Loved her to death. Um, and I remember one morning I'm coming down the stairs to uh, go to school, and you know, in hindsight, my parents probably should have handled this a little bit differently. Um, but come to find out, uh, the brother had raped and murdered the sister um, the night before, um, and Jesus. while nobody else was home, and you know, and it like hit me because I'm like, yo, like, all I could just think about was her and like and what was going through her head in that moment you know what i'm saying like and it, it was and then my next thought was like y'all protected this yes. nigga y- y'all protected yeah. him like y'all knew what he was because he was being hidden from a previous rape that yeah. he did somewhere else wow. and y'all brought him here and then he rapes and murders his sister you know what i'm saying like so Wow. Family secrets and like, you know, protecting yeah. abusers and things like that, it will come to a head at some point. Yeah. Hopefully it's not in, in the manner that somebody loses their life brutally yeah. like that, but it happens. And it's so interesting. Like I will think about her from time to time, like it'll just hit me and like I'll just like well up with like, you know, grief for her because it's like, yo, like it's fucked up. Yeah, but yeah, this stuff up. happens every day. Every single yeah. day. You, um one thing you said about R. Kelly. It also goes, especially when it's family, if like, because R. Kelly, for his family, R. Kelly had the money, he could support them, he paid mm-hmm. his people. So I think that's another reason why it's protected as well. Um, but if you think about it, this is also another thing that's kind of been passed down from us. If you mm-hmm. think about it, even going back to like as far as like before Jim Crow, look at the color purple. Seeley was given to a mister. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And this, Seeley was clearly what, like 12 or something? So like it's kind of like, mm-hmm. I want to, it's kind of seemed like pedophilia is normalized or has mm. been because you know what I'm saying how many times in the history books have we learned that older men have married younger women or younger shout out girls? to Elvis yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. so wow. like, his, first, his first wife was 14 yeah. wow. don't nobody want to talk about that though. that's insane not at all so like or even these people like they can be having these interactions I think there's a um, famous actor I can't I forgot his name where they start talking to these kids that they're young, but then they wait till they're of age and marries them. They ha- Woody, they is it Woody happy. Allen? I think it's he Woody married Allen. his granddaughter or something mm-hmm. like that. He married his stepdaughter. If you think about yeah. Ty, Ty, uh, Tiger and Kylie. Insanity. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we know. People, I remember I like people being like, yo, that girl is 15, fam. Right. Like, yeah, like, before she down. had lips, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so why do you even want anybody who looks like you? Know? <laughs> before she had lips. So Max. So it's kind of, it's always being done. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's kind of, mm-hmm. like you said, it goes back to like slavery and all this and that, where they had these young girls. Right. And it's kind of passed down. And I think that's why it is as normalized as it is. Mm-hmm. where Because it, it's like, okay, at the end of the day, we know it's wrong, but something in our DNA or something in us, has, this is passed on from us. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in your blood or something. So, yeah, generational. So I think that's why, that's the biggest problem, especially, like you said, going back to R. Kelly, being the monster that he is, mm-hmm. he supported all these people, you know? Yeah. Like, if this is the one cousin that he going to do this, but he got money, you know what? I need help with my bills. Right, right. You know? We find a way to justify it, mm-hmm. and to Destiny's point, we call it something other than what it is. And then also, and speaking of, and, and just from from a generational perspective, you know, the generation before us, um, you know, I know my parents grew up in, you know, 60s and 70s and shit like that. Like, who would you, who do you tell? 
Yeah, there was law, law, you, who you go tell the police? Yeah. In the sixties and seventies, right, and they're gonna do, right, they're gonna do right. what? That's that's cr- I never thought of it that way. Especially <laughs> who, in that who, time. You, who do you who you go tell? And yeah. just think about it in Alabama, they was about to elect Roy Moore as what senator or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and he was raping and molesting kids. And Alabama just stay winning, don't they? Alabama is it? There, there, there. True, true yeah. champions. Mm-hmm. At the you know, on the front lines of progressive of progressiveness and. <laughs> Shouts out to my one Alabama listener. Uh, oh, all right. <laughs> uh, shouts out to you. Roll uh, tag. <laughs> you so stupid. <laughs> um, next thing I want to touch on is um, something that actually hits kind of close to home for me. Mental illness. Mm. In Destiny's notes, she says, uh, from a simple case of heartbreak to depression to legit personality disorders, mm-hmm. we certainly do sweep these things under the rug. So... Um, it, the first thing you put in it was heartbreaking. It didn't really like click for me that that would be like something that would like you know weigh super heavily, like enough to like converse about it here. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yo, I remember my first heartbreak and like that oh, yeah. changed me. Oh, yeah. And like, but there was like, Whew, there was no coaching. Yeah. Or, like you know, well, that just that just that just hit me. I thought yeah. about mine. I said, oh yeah. Jesus. <laughs> there was Woo. no like. Now, after the fact, yeah. you know, my mom, like, you know, she she tried to, like, walk me through it. Yeah. But leading up to it, like, oh, I man. didn't, like, have any tools to yeah. deal with it. I didn't even know what so it not was. Equipped. Yeah. Yeah. So not equipped. Had no idea. Because, because this is hurt. Oh, my girl, listen. <laughs> and, like, the thing about it is, is, like, he and I, we broke up, like, that December, like, no, November 2011 when we broke up. And it didn't hit me until April 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize I was dealing with the heartbreak. I didn't mm-hmm. know what that was because in my family growing up, it wasn't something that we necessarily talked about, yeah. you know. And then, like, you look in the media and you look at like your peers, and it's always like, you know, child, fuck, move on. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it don't, you know, it ain't got to hurry. You move to the next right. one, get under somebody else, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then there I was, April. Like, I had went to go visit my my folks, and I walked into my mom's house, and I literally fell apart, like out of nowhere. Like, I mean, I was like crying, like that man had died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my mother's like, she didn't know what was happening. She was like, what's going on? And she's like holding me up in the living room. And I'm like losing. And the next seven days I spent there, like I'm on the couch, like waking up in the middle of the night, bawling, like in the car with her and the passenger. She'll she'll tell you, we were driving somewhere and like the GPS wouldn't work or something. Something really stupid. I could have just pulled over and like worked Mm -hmm. it out. I lost it Mm. and then pulled over and fell apart in the car. And she's just like sitting there with, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I wasn't prepared for that. Wow. Because nobody said like, okay, it's, this is going to happen. This is how you deal with it. Yeah. So how do we... <laughs> and with that, and I, and I would say with that, especially, um, like for me, um, I know as far as, you know, taking relationships seriously, I didn't get my my first heartbreak till I was like 30. And I oh, still, wow. I, I still wasn't equipped. Yeah. You know, I wasn't yeah. equipped then, you know, because mm-hmm. I spent most of my 20s, you know, being um, a fuck, you know, boy. being, being, you know, being, you know, I did, you know, uh, I, I had, a, I had, a, I had a damn good time. Would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I had a damn good time. Uh-huh. But um, you know, so no one can, no one can talk you through that. I don't, no. and I don't even know if it's really an age thing. Like that's one of those things you kind of just have to live and walk through. Mm-hmm. Um. And boy, it can change you. Oh yeah, yeah it definitely it can, will. It, 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 it can certainly change you. Like we were just talking about, you know, without the certain traumas that you went through, you know, where would you be? Like, mm-hmm. it, depending on where, where, and when that heartbreak happens in your life, mm-hmm. that can that can that can drastically alter yes. the way the rest of your life goes. Because I had, had I had this happen, because like so, let's say it happened at thirty, had I had this happen at sixteen, I'm sure my twenties might have looked a whole lot different. Mm-hmm. True, they might have looked a whole lot different. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it too. I think that happened for me. I was probably 26. It was, I think it was my, actually my 26th or 27th birthday, actually. Mm. Uh, 27, 27th birthday. And even at that age, like I was like, yo, like it put me on my ass for mm. a, like, I mean, like I didn't get over him for like, like a year and a half. Like it was a long time for me. So when you, when you had your breakdown yeah. in front of your mom, mm-hmm. I know she was lost. I was yeah. I was she gonna was. say, like, she did was. she dive into like did she just let you get it out and then okay, let's talk about this? Yeah, yeah, okay. she did. To her credit, thank you for That's that. Awesome. Um because it was like yeah. she she really supported me through that. And um I remember like we were it's so funny, we were at the in the kitchen and I had just finished like wiping my, you know, fifth set of tears. Mm. And she's like, Listen, let me tell you how, you know, how it happens, how I got through it. And mm. she started, you know, giving examples about my biological father, I didn't know that they like had like such a thing, mm. you know, but like she was like, yeah. And like, you know, I was, I was 14, 15 dealing with him and like, this mm-hmm. is, it happened to me. And like, you know, and I had to get, through, you know, and so she walked me through it thankfully, but I wish I had known beforehand yeah. what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause I could have dealt with it months before then, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, we don't talk about those things and then it goes, goes to like straight up like mental health issues. We definitely, absolutely, not. definitely do not talk about that. I, yeah, I yeah. so I I saw a therapist for three and a half years mm-hmm. just because I was dealing with some work issues mm. and I couldn't like pinpoint what it was and then they were like oh well this is an adjustment disorder and you know you're dealing with anxiety I mean it was to the point where I couldn't breathe my th- I felt like my throat was closing up yeah yeah and then you know I had just had a baby I think a lot of that played a fact I was in a toxic relationship yeah. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, Ma, like, they're saying they're saying that it would be better if I got on medicine. It would help mm. stabilize me. And she's like, you don't need that. You don't need that. And they just, that's what they do for money. And, and you know, it's just like, that is going to make you crazier than what it is. And I do agree on a certain level, though. I agree to a certain extent. Because, you know, once you start, you know, pilling, you know, we start pilling each other down. Mm. You know, to handle issues, that's when it can really get. But sticky. the things that I but was personally going through, I it. think that if had I been on a light regimen, mm-hmm. a light dose, yeah, I think I could have got out of therapy at a year and a half instead of it taking me it a is, year and a half years. I will mm-hmm. say, as a person who um, actually, fun fact, I am on day seven. This is the, my eighth day of not taking my meds mm-hmm. like so i um do this with your doctor if you are on meds <laughs> and you you need to come off of them speak to your doctor about it so he and i i was, I was yes don't do that that is dangerous um i had been on a low dose of zoloft mm-hmm. for about a year is that um, an antidepressant antidepressant okay. anti-anxiety um and I, I was on it to help me i didn't want to be zombified yeah mm-hmm. but i needed something to help me to to clear the clouds so i can like see clearly and like and be able to make progress when you're dealing with depression anxiety and for me it was also ptsd is also ptsd it is extremely debilitating Mm -hmm. you know and sometimes and that pill helped me a lot be able to like okay rationalize myself out of situations you know if i'm sitting there thinking okay i'm my head's about to explode i'm about to die or like i'm feeling like death is just like sitting with me all the time like that pill would be like okay this is how you feel this is the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And I can walk myself out of it mm-hmm. a little bit easier. Eight days out um, from taking my last pill, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little scared, you know, because I'm like, I don't want to be on this for the rest of my life. But at the same time, like, if it is, if this is going to continue to sit on me the way that it does, mm-hmm. 
there's no way that I'm going to be able to, to to function properly in society after what happened to me, and and, and I can't, you know. Mm-hmm. So like I'm I'm hoping that I won't have to like lean on it again, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's necessary, yeah. you know. And but thankfully, um, now growing up in my family, we never talked really about like mental health and stuff like that. It was never really a thing. You got to think this this whole like focus on mental health is still fairly new in our in our culture. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, my mom, you know, she went back to school. You know, not, now she's a mental health professional as well herself. So she's able to walk me through certain things. But um, in our family, we talk freely about it. And I immediate family. But I have another family member who deals with bi- bipolar disorder. Yeah, and like, same. yeah, and nobody, nobody talked about it. I, nobody yeah. talks about it now. And like, you know, it's, but I'm like, he's suffering with this. And we have to see him through this. But nobody wants to talk about it. I hate, like, okay, so I have, I think mental health issues is running so prevalent through our family as we speak, and nobody mm-hmm. wants to address it from mm-hmm. my mom to my aunts, you know, like I, and I think that it's affecting the women in our family mm-hmm. more than it's affecting um, the men. Mm-hmm. But I have an aunt that, um, like, a couple years ago, was diagnosed with um, with uh, bipolar disorder. I'm mm-hmm. not sure where she is on the spectrum, but right. it's pretty bad. And I hate how, like, upon learning that, nobody altered their behavior towards her. Right. It was she's crazy. She says what she wants. I can't deal with her. Mm-hmm. You know, ostracize her. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um, recently, you know, I sent her a care package just because, oh, like, God. her husband died. And, you know, that was her caretaker. That was the one who made sure that she took her meds every day. Mm. And he was the provider for her. And, uh, you know, and mind you, my aunt, aunt, she is, she is a lot to handle. You can easily overdose on her, but she's still human. She's still our aunt. She's still your sister. She belongs to us. Exactly. And, And I was just like, you know. Like, and I told my mom, I was like, yeah, I think it would be a good idea if we all send each other care packages, like mm-hmm. once a month. Nothing yeah. expensive. Just saying, hey, I'm thinking about you, yeah. like whatever, whatever. I ain't spending my money on her. I'm not doing that. So wow. I can't yeah. do her. And it's just like, mm-hmm. like, my, like, you know, she, she is suffering from mm-hmm. a mental health disorder. Like, you mm-hmm. know, that, and she's dealing with it by herself. It is, it is already a very isolating thing. Yeah. Independent of what other people make you feel like. Feeling like you know your your mind isn't working in your best interest mm-hmm. is already something that makes you feel incredibly alone, mm-hmm. and so to have that compounded with the fact that your family won't fuck with you like that, mm-hmm. that makes it ten times worse, right. you know. And it'll make you feel more hopeless and be like, you know what, fuck it. Why, why am I even taking these meds? Why, you know. And it, it it's just a, it's a, it's a slippery slope. So yeah. we do have to take care of each other. We do have to look out for each other. It's as simple as sometimes just shooting them a text. How are you yeah, doing today? And like, check. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, and like a, a genuine. How are you doing yeah. today? You know, and being willing to to stand in the gap for for your family member and have their back. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I find, I, no, no, you go ahead. I find it interesting though um, when people have these like say their family talk about church. Mm-hmm. With me, therapy has always kind of been my family's thing. Like ever since I was like, Word. That's, that, that's, that's, that's rare. Like, that's very rare. Didn't, Super rare. Because we didn't go to church. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, even, that's even more rare. <laughs> yeah. What? Like, you going to therapy as opposed to church? What? We did not. My mama did, but you know, she l- allowed us to do our own Make thing. Make your own decisions. Decisions. So, That's yes. what's up. That's probably why my friends always thought I was an atheist too. Hysterical. <laughs> <No. laughs> but it's so interesting because like in my family, because I remember just going to therapy as young as probably like sixth grade or fifth grade oh wow me and my brother had a bad relationship we couldn't get along my brother was in alternative school he was showing out 
I said I was gonna kill myself. My mom had my ass in therapy all the fucking time, and mm-hmm. I think that's why for me it's I just I normalize it. I talk about it. Mm-hmm. I probably meet a random stranger and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to therapy tomorrow," but we can like <laughs> right. we can hang out after that, you know. So right. I think that's the thing is people people still don't like to talk about it. I don't mm-hmm. know, and it's mm-hmm. like. Even if you're not going through, and I think that's the thing with therapy, people think you only go to therapy when you got a problem. You right. know what I'm saying? Like when you're depressed. No, right. honestly, I've been good for, you know, for the last year. I think I've been okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I just go and just talk to my therapist. Mm-hmm. I think where we do need to talk about it more, because I think people only think you need to go to therapy for like depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. this, this, and that. But if you think about drug abuse, if you smoke weed every day, you probably need to go to therapy because that's an issue. <laughs> if you drink, you know what I'm saying? Just like those aunts. We know we all got that one drunk aunt. She got an issue. We sure do. <laughs> Bitches I, always drunk. This I went as my one drunk aunt for Halloween this, this past year. I know. <laughs> I, yeah. And it's like. I saw that fucking video. It was amazing. That yeah. shit was. <laughs> it was <Man>. fun. <laughs> and, but that's just the thing. Like, because, you know, we just don't say anything about it. Like you said, call another name. Oh, she just a drunk. This is not Right. Like, why well, though? Aunt Pat drinking so right. Much. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Pat. <laughs> it's always Pat. Aunt Pat. That's hysterical. <laughs> so, and I think that's the thing. It's more we do need to talk about it more. But I always find it interesting. Like I said, when people talk about their family shuns mm-hmm. it. I have, you know, what I'm saying I've received that a lot from people. I'm like, oh, I'm going to therapy. I was like, why? Is something wrong with you? I mean, probably, but you know, <laughs> right? Maybe about I'm, to find out. I'm going to therapy to make sure I just don't fuck up shit, you know. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, and uh, you know, and, and go, your situation is really um, a rare one. It is super rare, especially you mm-hmm. know, especially within the black family. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, going back to, um, you know, not 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 discussing it actually takes somebody to have a certain level of awareness to even approach the issue um i know especially just speaking from my family like i was born up you know i'm I'm from up north but you know Mm -hmm. my grandmother and them they're from you know south carolina and you know so when i you know when i go you know go to my you know family that you know backwoods you know our whiteville all that stuff like they're not yeah 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 they not therapy what Right, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Therapy who? What nigga? The church, church is right on the on the corner. Right, yeah. stiff way. Therapy what? What are we doing? <laughs> like, like it takes it takes it takes somebody within that within that within that area to have you know a certain level of True. awareness to even to even you know approach the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of our families lack somebody that is that aware, not only aware but strong enough to be able to be like, hey, we actually need to number one have this conversation, number two take action on it. Mm-hmm. Also, True. too, I mean, therapy is not cheap. Yeah, that's that it too. is not, and that is if you have a single mom, mm-hmm. four kids, whatever, because that's that was my mom for a, a good portion of our lives. Mm-hmm. A single mom, four kids, like one hundred and fifty dollars every week, every two that's weeks, lot, every bro. month. That's a I lot when lucky. you can't even, you know, keep the lights 60. on or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <it's, laughs> I looked up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Shout out to full-time jobs. Hello. Yeah. Hello. So mine was, EPA. and if, if insurance doesn't cover it, yeah. or, you know, if you have a copay or something like that, yeah. they might be like, well, church is free. Yeah. So well, prayers, is prayers free. Let's you know? go, let's go to just, because we keep touching on, let's go ahead and talk about the the thing that we do in black families which is like pray it away take it to jesus go to church you know and like and we will cover up really deep wounds with a generic bible verse and say oh well well, bless the lord and and lift your hands and no that's not how that works Mm -hmm. so (laughs) So i i have a very um strange relationship with religion i am same um, sis i'm a you know 
a newfound Christian, and mm-hmm. um, but I grew up one of Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, okay. And oh, you, so, so you Jehovah's was waking Jehovah's. my ass up on Saturday morning. I was morning. knocking on your door. God I was damn. knocking on your door and <laughs> sticking a track Jehovah's. in it. Yes. 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 Come over for the tracks. We, I remember yes. those. Ass crack of dawn on the Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's crazy because on Halloween we uh, we wouldn't hand out candy. We would hand out watch hours. And <laughs> we wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, there was always that one family in the neighborhood though, because even in Brooklyn we had a family like that. Yeah, I remember that. But um, so my my relationship with religion is different. I never, I could never make it my own. Mm-hmm. So I knew it wasn't like for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but everybody in, in my immediate family, like they're all witnesses. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I respect them. I don't agree with, uh, you know, certain teachings of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think it wasn't until I got in my late twenties uh, with, you know, and having a son that I decided like, I have to find a religion that I can make my own, that mm-hmm. I can, mm-hmm. you know, connect with and understand and if I have questions that people aren't like oh you have a complaining spirit right you know right. like I'm like well why it's only 144,000 going to heaven like that doesn't make sense when the Bible right. clearly says and, and it's okay. just like oh you know and then I got kind of like you know put aside for mm-hmm. not having the same views as as my family so. I think I think you know God Jesus gives us the tools that we need he gives us the people that we need and so for for us to consistently be like, okay, you know, I'm depressed, I have anxiety, uh, I'm sexually, whatever the case is, and to be like, oh, we'll just go to church. It's like, nah, God, God put things in place. So that counselor, mm-hmm. he's it. That is that is mm-hmm. the answer to the prayer that you Absolutely. keep praying. Like that, we, we're expecting this big mystical thing to happen. It's like right. it does. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. You know, he puts us in a position to where we can we can use the tools that are available to us mm-hmm. you know so we're, we're praying for for this healing it's like lord you know take this depression away from me take right. it's not how that works yeah. it's not how that works take your ass to counseling right. you know with a therapist he provides faith without works, works. is yes. what is dead huh without works. works you gotta you gotta step in and do your part and it's gonna be uncomfortable like mm-hmm. it was extremely uncomfortable and humiliating for me to walk into my doctor's office and say hey bro I feel like I might want to blow my head off today. I think I need some. I'm. 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 I need some help. You know. And he's like, okay, that's not a comfortable conversation to have, but God put me in a position where I have insurance that mm. sent me to a doctor that is actually a really good doctor mm-hmm. who was able to talk me through some things, get me the meds and the help that I needed, and say, all right, I'm going to walk through this with you. Yeah. That was the answer uh, to the prayer that I had. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I can understand. Was well, a person who didn't go practice religion like that growing up right i can understand it now because when you think about it god was all that people had at some days you know yeah. what i'm saying like yeah. when you can't afford this you know like therapy you gotta hope like okay this guy this person got to my back at the yeah. end of the day and so i guess because it gives you that hope mm-hmm. and like and that's you just really hope somebody's working you or at the end of the day putting all this pressure for something bigger and i think that's why people re- lean on religion a lot more come like i said coming from a person who did not practice religion at all growing up i find it interesting now because i do want to really get into religion now you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like growing up never really cared for it right. you know, i prayed i knew that's all i needed to do really but now i think i want that to kind of because mm-hmm. like i said the therapy and all this i got this in control but i kind of want that hope of somebody's really looking out for oh, me now good. yeah so i think so it's interesting now being on the opposite end of it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. doing my own thing therapy you know mm-hmm. and working through my problems now i want to be like okay let me pray and really put my faith into this you know yeah but i think and i hear what you're saying like that's super valid and it makes total sense and i've i've been there i'm there now actually mm-hmm. 
but hope will only get you so far. So if you're praying, putting those prayers up, and like you, you have that hope behind it, but you're waking up every morning still and feeling and doing the same. nothing toward the prayer that right, you prayed. Right, right. You're waking yeah. up and, and your situation hasn't changed. Like after a while, it's like, okay, are you are you real, fam? Or have you are you speaking to me? Am I not hearing you? Right. Like it gets to a point where like you just feel like you're just screaming into the void, mm-hmm. and that doesn't that makes it worse, you know. Absolutely. So. Sometimes you just got to get up and like and go right. do what and you got to do. I think that's the thing with, I don't, some Christians may think that, hey, I'm going to pray God's going to deliver. No, exactly. maybe he's telling exactly. you to get your ass out and work too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, some people, so some people, right. so the message probably is blurry, like, oh, God's about to answer my prayers. No, God is trying to enforce it in you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I think my God yeah. is doing. Enforcing him, like, okay, Demetri, I'm tired of working at this job. Okay, I keep thinking about me being tired of working for this job. Maybe this is God saying, bitch, you know, clean up your resume and apply. Yeah. So I think that's the thing. Where you said people need to work as well with mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? You can pray, but you also got to do the work. You do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, come but on. But I see what you're saying about, like, just having that hope, having something that's bigger than you, that will mo- that's motivating you. You know. You know, Because, I, I mean, the world is crazy. You know, you kind of need, good. you know. Therapy is one thing, but also you want to, if we do that, get shot up somewhere, we want to also know <laughs> well, we're going to a better place. The faith, the faith is, is a good anchor. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a good, like, something. I, the yeah. foundation. Of right, it. right. Yeah. Right, I for think, sure. I think having that foundation, maybe not, like, you know, it being the, like, what you were saying, where you just praying and like, thinking it's going to be, like, pixie dust or whatever. But. Like, like, yeah. a, like, a foundation, a foundation right. is meant to build upon. Yeah. So, like, he's he gives you the foundation, and then it's your job to lose point to get out and work and build something on top of that. Like he may show you the road, but, girl, it's your job to walk. Hello, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to oh. go through this path. Very true. Um, Look at me sounding out deep. Come on now. Hey, come on now. We don't, hey, he's so stupid. Hey. So dumb. <laughs> Shambhala la la la. Hosa. <laughs> Something Destiny has in her notes, which I thought was really cool, is about college and education. Oh, yeah. Acknowledging its importance, discussing its benefits and drawbacks. Uh, mm. Proactively approach college, i.e., college savings, this SAT is support. Topic, this right. is interesting because when Especially I read it, these days and times, very the first thing I, I, I felt when I when I read that is that okay, it is important, and I do understand like you know how, why it's necessary and like what we had to do to be able to get an education. Mm. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of times in black families, <clears throat> college is the end all be all, and if you mm. don't do that, then you are going to be relegated to you know, working at the post office or like, you know, working in whatever for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't necessarily subscribe to that notion. Mm-hmm. I do know it's important, but it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people that it's not for. I went to college for three years and wasted my time and mm-hmm. money. And I'm just like, this ain't for me, mm-hmm. you know? And then since then I've moved and I've worked in my career and it hasn't held me back mm-hmm. yet. Um, so I think it has to be a, a balance when it comes to college and education, mm-hmm. you know, push right. that. But also like, if you see you have a kid that is, you know, that's not their thing, and they're more like artistically, you know, inclined right. or whatever. Like, work with your kid to help them figure out what figure it is. Out, figure out some t- yeah. sort of plan. Yeah, like yeah. If it's trade school, yeah. Um, get some sort of um licensing because there was a, there was a guy and I, I was watching. He was doing a breakdown on Twitter about you know things you know things that cost significantly less than college, and mm-hmm. so you know he was just saying that he um he was a, number one. He's a real estate broker. Um, you know, to you know, to get his to get fully licensed, I think that cost him like six or seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. He also did insurance; that was a couple hundred dollars to do right. that. And he also had a license in something else. You know, those and so those were three licenses that he has mm-hmm. to perform um, to perform work in different fields that you right. know are lucrative. Right. right. Um, and, and and you know, it, it 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 always is nuts to me because I was just thinking about you know you know Barack Obama and um, 
he didn't finish paying his student loans until he was 49. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, now, mind you, mind wow. you, that's early. That if you if you really think about it, that's early. Think <laughs> no, about yeah, it's my man. Um, what's the, what's the guy that just paid all of the Morehouse uh, class? I don't know his loans. name, but I know who you're talking mm-hmm. about. Right. The number, the number, the number on that for 390 kids is 40 million dollars. That's crazy. That's that's just 390 kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, mind you, when you get out of college and you get, you know, you get your, you know, you get your bachelor's or maybe even your master's, these jobs are paying 60k, maybe 60k. Right. You know, yes, like yeah. your student if that, loans if that, if that, your student, right. your student loans are well into the triple figures. Okay. Like, you know, for some people, you know, depending on how far you went with your education. Right, right. Um, so, you know, so a lot of times, like, even though I'm somebody who, you know, got, you know, degrees or whatever, but I'm, I, I, I still can understand the college being a scam notion. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can I can certainly understand the notion because the things that you're saddled with financially sets your family back for generations and that creates another generational curse. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That. And that's something to be considered as well because when you're coming out of school and let's say let's say you were in a position where you know parents and aunts and things of that nature had to also sign off for student loans for you. Mm-hmm. Now you have at least 3 people strapped yeah. with financial <laughs> obligations for education. Right. And you're not even well, guaranteed. You're not even guaranteed well, a job. See, the the flip side of that, and why I said the proactive approach, uh-huh. is your. I mean, that child is in your care from the age of from the womb all the way up until 18. The proactive approach to that would be to have some sort of college savings that is accessible to everybody. You mm-hmm. can do $25 here, $50 there, or whatever, and you can make it a family with the aunties and, and the and the. Oh, that's everybody like, that. like uh, puts and into everybody like Everybody puts into it. I gotcha. know a lot of. That's dope. Foreign families that do that, like yeah. where college and education, like that is yeah. like the holy grail, and that is what and you know. And then that child has that appreciation towards their family, and that's their motivation mm-hmm. to go and do things or whatever. And so, you know, I've had this conversation with my mom, and I, I personally, I am a byproduct of Lincoln Tech, and I think come on, somebody, <laughs> yes, queen. I went for automotive technology. Did you really? Uh, yeah, that's fire. Yeah, like I wanted to. So you can change my oil. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I haven't touched a car since I, I left. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm tired of like, going to Walmart. Right, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Teach me. Ah, uh, hysterical. No, I, so I, I mean, I went for the trades, but that was second choice. That yeah. was that was after this, the discussion of, I ain't got no money for you like that. It was like that, you know, so I put on hold, you know, my dream of being a writer and a journalist Mm -hmm. and going to Philly to, for the, you know, whatever, whatever. But I had it in my head just out of that one conversation that, dang, I can't afford to go and do what I really want to do. So the second choice is trade school. Mm -hmm. Mind you, trade school ended up working in my advantage because I landed an awesome opportunity in DC to work as an underground lineman for six and a half years where I made, you know, bank. And I was the, it worked in my favor that I was young, black, and the only female. They just Mm -hmm. so happened to meet a quota. (laughs) (laughs) Come through. Amen. And, you know, and it's really um, benefited me, but I always do think like, you know, if I had a college savings or if I had somebody like, kind of like pushing me towards yeah, higher yeah, education yeah. like how would that picture mm-hmm. and look but uh, i mean you guys saying y'all got your degrees and it's kind of the same <laughs> you know what i'm saying like what, and for and for us you know we talk about you know our families not um not really 
you know, discussing things and, you know, sweeping things under the rug, something that's not a focus, generally speaking, in black families, but newer, newer generation families, I will, I, I, I don't know if I can say the same, but like older generations, there was not a focus on education and financial literacy. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the number one wasn't a focus on education. The number two, even the speech, piece that you're talking about, about having college yeah. saving, that's financial literacy. Yeah. We never, yeah. we, that's something else we never, yeah. we never discussed. Yeah. We, ne- we never discussed how to build, build wealth generationally Perfect. or anything like that. <laughs> we don't have those discussions either. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So the thing about it is, like, we don't, like, we don't, like, me and my mother are just now starting to have the conversation. One thing, my, my mother has always been super financially literate. You uh-huh. know, so now we're talking, you know, now that she's getting older, we're, you know, we're discussing, you know, what she got going on as far as, you know, life insurance and, and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Yeah. You know, so we're having those discussions. So she under, so she makes me understand the posi- position that I'm in and the things that she wants carried yeah. out should anything happen. We don't have those conversations about death. Right. Like that, really? that we don't have those conversations about death. Like, do you know how many motherfucking times black families have had to hold a motherfucking fish fry to bury somebody? Yes, yes. You know, like, you we know, shouldn't be doing that. You know, what's we crazy? should be smarter financially go than that. My mom hit or, or go fund me. Like, no, where's your? Why are we not discussing insurance policies? My mom and my like, stepdad maybe I don't know. I'm gonna guess maybe around like ten years ago or so. They um they hit me up and they're like, yo, like come to the house and talk to you about something. Like, All right, cool. I get there. And they're like, okay, so this is the plan. Like, they had the whole plan laid out for, like, if something happened to one of them, if something happened to, mm-hmm. to both of them. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, there is a plan in place. Mm-hmm. And my mother was like, yo, she was like, what I'm not about to have y'all doing is out here begging somebody to put me in the ground. Hello. She was like, that's yeah. number one. And number two, she was like, don't you be spending a whole bunch of money on that. Yeah. She was like, that's exactly what my she mother was told like, me. She's like, child, you can put me in a potato sack and bury me that, in the backyard. Listen, don't make me no sense. That's don't exactly no what my mother said. She said, yeah. you, better, you better not spend a penny <laughs> to bury me. In no you, box. Take, you take that money and go invest in something. So, you know, th- there, there has been a shift, I think, in between generations where yeah. people are like, yes. okay, we got to pick up on this, but... The next thing I was going to go to, and one of Destiny's points, and one of mine as well, was the financial literacy point of it, and how we Destiny called it generational brokenness, which I'm so here for. Hello, <laughs> acknowledge, hey, discuss, like and plan to change behavior. Mm. Like I remember having the mm. conversation with my mother. This is probably like maybe three or four years ago, and I we were in the car, and I looked. At, I was like, "Yo, like I'm tired of money being the issue for us. I'm mm-hmm. so sick of it. Like I'm sick of that being the issue. I was like, we need a new problem. Mm-hmm. Like that, I'm not going to keep dealing mm-hmm. with. You know. So I work hard. You know, as hard as I can. You know, with my um, with my nine to five, and also in the show because I, I want to build like that generational wealth. I want to have it set up to where like yeah. people that I love in my in my life now who will come behind me that I, they don't have to worry. Mm about money being an issue. There were so many things that I wanted to do, but I couldn't because of money. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, damn, like I don't want anybody else in my family and my in my squad to have to deal with that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we, we do have to come up with a plan and like change the behavior. Oh yeah. So this is probably like one of the biggest rifts in, in me and my mom's relationship. Like I look at where she is in, as opposed to like where she was and how set she was career-wise my mom was a legal secretary for like some of the biggest firms in dc okay. and in new jersey yeah and you know like making 75 80 in the 80s and the Ooh, 90s that goes that went you far know what i mean like that went yeah. far yeah and um but she's a black yes, yes a black woman come yes. through queen and she would tell them attorneys what she was and was not going to do <laughs> yes queen so, but and it's like to see where grant just to pause real quick yeah i just want to say like we're having we're having this conversation or whatever, uh-huh. but it's not to take away anything from my mom. Like, not at I, all. like that not just all. hit me like no, no, no. right then and I there. I don't take it that way. Like my mom my mom was the type like 
she is amazing in her yeah. own right and in her own perspective. And and when I just began that that talk, I don't know why that that just hit me like yeah. that. Like my mom was the type that you know, if the lights were turned off, she had us outside like picking up leaves and stuff and oh, wow. having like firewood and like because yeah. we're camping out. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, I love it. Like my mom wow. was that mom. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, like sh- we would go on these shopping sprees where mm-hmm. we would put stuff on layaway and you know she knew we was never going to get it out but it just yeah. felt so good oh, to put wow. that stuff in the car and to put it on layway and then we would like go back two weeks later go get our money and go get ice cream <laughs> like that was yeah. my mom <laughs> or if a bill collector called you know she was like i'm sending them five dollars and they could take it or leave it <laughs> so like shout out to mom now we love yeah. we, we love moms you can only here. get what you gonna get yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> okay. but i just think about like you know it just hits me because like i get so angry with her yeah because i'm like mom how are you going to retire like, got you. That's you another, know, that's like, another thing. Like, yeah, we, we live day to day so much. We do. Oh my god. Yeah. Like we paycheck literally live paycheck, paycheck to yeah. paycheck for twenty years, and then look up and like, damn, years. like, yeah. And you got, then you end up work, literally working until you are in your grave. Yeah. Like you, I don't want that. Yo, like, like I don't. We, I had a we, conversation. We gotta stop that shit. I man. talked to mom two days ago. Actually, we talked for like two and a half hours, and we were talking about my grandmother, her mother, mm-hmm. and how like she's like she's in her eighties now, and like she's still working. And it's like oh. my mother's like you know once we once we move and stuff like we got we gotta you know because that come on man yeah. like and so like the past couple of years for me is like yo like I have got to figure out a way yeah. to not like keep living paycheck to paycheck like this like yeah. it is not. It's not sustainable, we, and we, it's better we, for me out there. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta create avenues for passive income. One hundred percent. You know, uh, aside, you know, of course, you know, having your, you know, having your day job is cool. Having your nine, you know, nine to five, that's cool too. We need to um, investigate, you know, things that, or, or identify things that maybe our passion or our hobby or whatever. Mm-hmm. Find that, find a way for that thing to make money for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, something that maybe you know maybe a stress reliever or whatever, but you know, find find a way for it to make money for you. Either that, or you know, a lot of us, and this this creates a mental health issue as well. You know, we work jobs that we hate. Mm-hmm. Say it for a very very long time. I have been time. there. Yes, and that um that that puts a strain on you. It puts a strain mm-hmm. on you know your your work conditions, and then you go home, and you know if you got a spouse or a partner. You know, you're bringing that to them. Now that's putting a strain on your right. relationship. And then on you top know? of that, you might not even be getting paid well at that job. So yes. now you have an additional stress of like, yo, right. I hate this job. But, and, and then but on I, top but of I, that, but, my, but you're stuck in the mindset thinking, I need, I need. this yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, like, It's the fear of leaping, though. That's what I always call it. Because yeah, at the end of true. the day, you yeah. are scared to... Because, I mean, think about it. We know people... I mean, I've been in a job where I hated it. You know what I'm saying? I had, I did, I <laughs> so developed a all. drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, right. Gained all weight, you know, gained a shit ton of weight. So it's like, it's the job security and you're also scared of leaving because it's think, you think about it. Okay, granted, this is probably not giving me all the money I need, but it's doing mm-hmm. what I do need. You know what I'm saying? And, and we get too people, comfortable. Yeah. And we get too comfortable. And you're scared to, I mean, I like, you really got to work now. Yeah. Go there's a, there's a, um, a saying, like, and it, it says that, um, the nine to fives, they pay you just enough so that you forget your dreams. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and yeah. so I, I can agree with I that. Saw, I saw one that was very similar to that because I used to work a lot of call center jobs in the sign yes. said, the sign said call centers where dreams go to die. Wow. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Facts. You know what's crazy? Like, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking now, like, you know, my nine to five, like, I've, I, I love what I do. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoy I enjoy my work, mm-hmm. but I love this more. Yeah. Like, I love this so much more. And I didn't know it was a dream of mine until a year and a half ago. You know what I'm saying? But, like, in this space now, like, me and Destiny were talking before we started recording. Like, I'm trying to figure out ways to monetize this, you know, mm-hmm. because I think at a certain point, 
it's going to hit that it's like, okay, you got you to pick now. Right. And so when I, when I have to choose, I want to be in a position to be able to choose me. And I think Absolutely. the world is now where you honestly one job just not cutting it anymore anymore because yeah. think about the cost of living here in Charlotte. You know it's what I'm saying? growing How many quickly. Times your, rate, your rent has gone up, and just think about every place, all these buildings they're building uptown. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is the number three largest growing city in the United States, mm-hmm. so we need to have more than one job. You and do. I think the thing is we have these we have to start having these conversations, but we got to do more than talking now. You know what I'm saying? Got to get like, to it. I mean, I can be one person that made like with my family. I'm like, yo. I want something. I don't have kids. Don't want kids. But I want to pass something to my niece and nephew. And it's like, well, we need to start doing these things to set these kids mm-hmm. up. And, but we just talk about it. And I keep telling my mom, I was like, yo, let's take some money. Let's take out this fucking loan. You know what I'm saying? And just like invest in, this, invest in a business. But the thing is, a lot of people fear of failing. Mm-hmm. And that's what stops a lot of us. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, we know what we need to be doing. But why, yeah. we, why don't we do it? Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I think that's the biggest question. Why don't we do it? And... I think if you could I be think able to figure out why I just had a thought that, that I think sometimes we don't we don't take those leaps and we do fear fear that failure because sometimes in, in our family dynamic we actually don't really have each other's back like that. So right. say for instance, like, you know, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm going on my own, just do this podcast thing, that's it. And I do that and for the first couple months it's rough. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I'm I'm struggling or it could be going great and then I end up, you know, it it all crumbles. Do I have something to fall back on do right. i have family that'll have my back and won't make me feel ridiculous mm-hmm. for you know going out and trying to do something for myself i don't think that a lot of times in, in the black family that we support each other the way that other cultures might do mm-hmm. yeah you know like yeah. so you look at other cultures and it's like okay we all we bought this one big house and all of us live here and we taking care of each other yeah. we and we but we all like working toward a goal mm-hmm. and we we don't we don't do that as much right well and, and i think a lot of that a lot of that number one um Number one, it starts with trust. Yes, we don't. We uh, we like we love each other, but we don't trust each other for real. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we we love each other, but we don't trust each other for real because there's a lot of us who are in positions, especially our generation. We're a lot of us that are in positions to be able to like like I know me. Um, I don't, you know, I don't have any kids, and I'm, I have low, you know, I have low overhead as far as my personal expenses. I have extra money right. to pull and invest with people, mm-hmm. but we don't trust people in that space. That's true. Um, you know, we like look, at, especially looking, looking at, looking at Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think things that we need to know, especially if you're just living in the city right now. From last year to this year, the average home price jumped from two hundred seventy thousand. It's now two hundred ninety-four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So if you're thinking about buying a home in Charlotte. Um, and this is just generally, you should know this wherever city you're living, but if you're right. thinking of buying a home in that city, you need to know, number one, what's the average home cost around that area? Mm-hmm. Number two, think about the position that you're in and what you need to do to get there if this is a goal of yours. Right. And you need to have some really serious conversations, you know, with the people that you may want to build that dream with or maybe, you know, some financial people and things of that nature. Um, but like I said, it goes back to having awareness to know where to find this type of help, mm-hmm. knowing what, knowing the things that you should be looking for and the things that you should be researching. Right. And even if it's a situation where you're just, like, maybe not even a, buying a house might not be your goal, but let's say you know the podcast, you know doing a podcast thing right, full time right. or whatever the case may be, you know smartly working your current situation to set yourself up, up in a position financially so that you can be it. down for some months. Come on, somebody to say build that. your dream. Say you that you could be down for some months to build your dream, but you have to set yourself up for that, and right. you have to be smart in that way. So if that means you know you got to cut back on going to the fucking club, you got to stop eating out, man. My coworkers. These you chase well, chase put, put me on a job I got currently and these motherfuckers eat out every single day and I and in my mind like I'm always a money guy mm-hmm. so whenever I see people eating yeah, out every day yeah. I'm just I always I, I'm, I'm adding up the I dollars so judge people. Right. I'm adding up <laughs> I'm adding I'm adding up the dollars like how much money are you spending on this shit right cool. like 
you know, yeah, yeah just you know, just but ten dollars a fucking day. You know what's crazy like, is that like around around the time of like, do, yeah, y'all don't know this, but I'll go ahead and tell y'all right now. Doing the live show, I started preparing for that like back in like October of last year, mm-hmm. and the show was in January, and I I had money aside for it, like I was good to go, and like literally when I signed the contract to do the show so much stuff sort of happened happened like financially so i had to like go through all that money that i saved and i had to figure out okay i have this show coming on january 26th and here i am in these and i don't how am i going to get there when i tell you man the way that i had to like squeeze and like crunch and i was like yo like if i did this all the time yeah like if you had that mindset yeah like it would be killer like well but, but, but so my question to you is without really well actually i don't even need to ask that part of it but did you investigate partnership for the show? I have been doing that since probably about six months into doing the show. When I realized I was like, oh, I kind of love this, and I'm really good at it, and it's affecting people positively. No, when I say partnership, I mean like like the money you put aside for the live show, like creating uh-huh. a partnership, like, okay, boom, you know, I'm about to do the live show. Why don't mm-hmm. you know? Why don't you partner with me to advertise your stuff or whatever? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I actively mm-hmm. search for that. But okay. the thing is, it's, it's difficult when it comes to media in this point. It, it's kind of like... You know, nobody really is ready to invest in you until you hot. But you yeah. can't really true, get hot true. until yeah. you know what I'm saying. Right, so right, right, it's right, kind of right. like that balance that I'm fighting against right now. You gotta right put now. your own money up in the front. Yeah. yeah. So like I'm, so I'm looking, I look at my show and like you know, and I love it, and it gets frustrating because I'm like, yo, I like, I know this show is fire, and I know it, yeah. and I know it matters, you know. But it's it's hard to like get that it that exposure and like that I really want because I don't have that super huge following yet. So that's why like at the at the top of the show. And at the end of the show, I always say, like, yo, like, you know, put people on, let people know what's happening. Like, and at that point, then people start coming to me and it makes yeah. it easier. Um, and then I'll be able to give y'all more content the way that I want. It It, it, it opens doors, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but again, it comes down to support. Like, you know, yeah. sometime, like, you know, I appreciate y'all listening. Yes. But like, damn, like, you know, repost this shit. Leave <laughs> right. me like leaving me a comment, like rating it five stars. That helps more than y'all realize, you know. So that's why I always like harp on that shit. Mm-hmm. But um. We got to support each other. Period. For you specifically, yeah. I, I I will say, you know, when you had went to Atlanta to host something, yeah, with, yeah. like mm-hmm. I thought when I when I was thinking about you doing, it, I thought that, you know I was like that's that's really dope mm-hmm. because you know the thing about it is like you you yourself, especially with you being who you are and um you know you have a dope platform, like you're an entity at this point. So you know you wow. be, you're selling your like at this point you're selling your likeness. You know what wow. I'm saying? So for you, you know. Doing the whole, you know, doing host, you know, hosting different shit, mm-hmm. like you know, doing court, you know, doing court, doing correspondence pieces. Like I think that would help you get your name out there and get mm-hmm. get your following up too, because the show was already dope. But a lot of people probably don't even really understand who you are right. as a personality to understand why they should come to the show. Ooh, Lou, you, That's I, just, you need to hire him. No, <laughs> I, no uh, listen, like, let's let's chat later. Uh, Seriously, yeah, yeah. like I'm dead ass serious about that because I've yeah. like I, I took a meeting with a potential uh, like manager like to help me get bookings and get that exposure a couple yeah. months ago. Um, but uh, let let's 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 talk because you almost you almost brought me to tears over here, man. Hey, listen, like, man. You listen, see we, my we got we got we got we got we got we got to see the large picture, man. All right, so I was large picture. I was going to you know. Like, okay, we're going to lighten it up, play a game. Fuck that. We This conversation is very good. So let's take a break. We're going to do Bop of the Week. And then when we get back, we'll um, continue the conversation because it's very important and it's a good one. Um, so we will be right. Wh- before I go, 
Okay, so Bop of the Week this week is very special to me. It's very special, and I got I got to tell y'all why. It's so I was special. wondering. I was wondering what the backstory was behind this. Okay, so, so it, it seemed like an interesting song, <laughs> song choice, I should say. No, it's um this this individual is someone I've been a fan of since like uh God it had to be maybe two thousand six or seven. Um, his name is Kevin Michael. And um, he is he was signed to a major label, this whole thing. And I fell upon one of his songs back in the day off of a, um, a blog called Concrete Loop. It's not even around anymore. I remember. You yeah, remember Concrete Loop? TMZ, Concrete Loop. Yes. That mother- <laughs> Shout out to the dream. Yeah. Um, so they put up one of his songs called Weekend Jump Off. And I was like, yo, this guy is pretty dope. Like, you know, I, you know, fell in love with him just being a fan. And a couple years ago, um, strangely enough, like, he and I actually like started like a relationship. Like we're really cool. Like he's dope. And I'm like, how many people can like say like their favorite artist is actually a friend of theirs? Like, you know what I mean? Like insane, you know? So these um, days artists are a lot like, especially like, well, I don't want to say lower level to demean whatever they do, but like they're, you know, accessible Mm -hmm. and and surprisingly so. Cause I've gotten responses from some people that I was very, um, very shocked. shocked that like I was like, oh shit, he responded. Right. It's pretty oh, insane. Shit, right? It's pretty insane. Yeah. So um he uh he put out a new song on Thursday and um I was like, bitch, you know I gotta feature you, right, bitch? And he was like, sure, like I love it. Yeah, so um what you guys are about to um about to hear us talk about is a song um by him and I think he's incredible. So let's take that break, we'll go and talk about it, we'll be right back. Yo, chill. All right, so listen. I know that this sounds a little bit different than the rest of the podcast. The reason being is I'm coming to you live from my living room, recording directly into my laptop because I love y'all so much. And you want to know how I love y'all so much? I reached out to Kevin, Michael, myself personally, and I got a little treat for y'all. I got clearance to play the actual song for you this week. Normally when I do Bop of the Week, I don't actually play the song. But this time, I can play this song. Thank you so much, Kay. I love you. You're amazing. You're awesome. Guys, listen to this song. It's called Side Nigga by Kevin Michael, and it is from his upcoming EP, The Quiet Cool. Fun fact, The Quiet Cool is literally the perfect way to describe his personality. Just saying. Um, Listen to the song. I hope you guys love it. And then after that, you'll hear us talk about it in true, normal, bop of the week style. Let's get to it. Couldn't let you walk around thinking it's 
So, Bop of the Week this week is a song by the name of Side Nigga by Kevin Michael. Um, it can be found exclusively right now on SoundCloud. How do we all feel about this song from my favorite, Kevin Michael? I really like it. You know, like I said, I quoted that line earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta get sick of some shit to get exactly. rid of some shit. <laughs> like, girl, having flashbacks, you're like, you know what? <laughs> sick of this, you know, especially being a side bitch, too. You know? Hey, hey. So I was like, you know what? I'm tired of kissing other people's boyfriends. Okay. Hysterical. Oh, man. He's so hysterical. What about you guys? I'm about to say that to somebody. <laughs> wow. just, so you know, just so you know how I feel. <laughs> You know what, legit, I actually thought about doing it. I was like, I ain't going to do that shit. I'm going to tell you, man, like, that's one thing about, like, music, music, uh, if anybody, like, knows me, music is my method of communication. So it's, like, if I need to get some shit off, especially if it's, like, with a woman or whatever, like, I will send a song and mm-hmm. I, you know, mm. I'll, I'll send a song and you know I'll even you know send a copy of you know the highlighted lyrics right. so that you understand the context I, I just did that what, okay. yeah. no 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 no. so you understand the context of what, what we, you know what, what's going on so you know I, I can definitely uh, dig yeah. that um, so, but as far as this song is concerned, um, super smooth song. Um, I love the the faith uh, the faith Evans reference yes. um, that he had in the song I think that was super dope um, this is a song that live with a live band mm. insane absolutely amazing insane a- absolutely amazing and the thing about it is when i was listening to the instrumentation in that actual song i think he probably did that with a live band in the studio i wouldn't be surprised um, if he did. So like that 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 wouldn't like if if i found that out i wouldn't be shot for one moment because yeah. you know the instrumentation sounded super clear um you know the song was cohesive i i liked it 
cool. It's destiny. Super soulful. Yes. And that's what I'm about lately. I can't, right. I mean, I, I will listen to some ratchet ish in the gym. <laughs> right. But that's just to get me through my workout. Same. But as soon yeah. as I get, as soon as I get in the car or I'm at home, I'm like putting on, I'm putting on something like yeah. that. I, I need some butter. I need some butter. Day. Dad is going to, that is definitely going to help you clean the kitchen. Yeah. I really do miss right, the right. right, yes. <laughs> Dad is going to help you clean the kitchen. Shout out to Swiffer. <laughs> uh, about this song, I mean, you know, I love it. And I don't, I'm not just saying I love it because, like, you know, he's my, my favorite. Best. I love it because, like, it's good music. Because, like, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't loved every song he's done, you know. Yeah. But, like, this one, it really hit home for me because I'm kind of here right now. Like, that's kind of okay. where I am. It's like, yo, like, I've been in this position. Like, yo, I'm kind of tired of that shit. I'm kind of exactly. dope. Like, you know, so why am I, like, settling for that? Um, so, shouts out to Kevin. Um, K, I love you, man. Like, thank you for supporting me. Good yeah. music, man. Good music. Yeah, very good. Thank you for supporting me and my shit. Um, I was telling the guys during the break, like, you know, a lot of times people who are artists like myself, you don't get the opportunity to share your art with your favorite and have them like actually listen to your shit. Right. He listened to my shit. He liked my shit. Like, I, I will never forget like that, that. Like, that's price. Like, that's some shit yeah, that like, you can't. I will never you forget you can't that. Take that away. Like my album could have gone, you know, wood. Double wood. But <laughs> but my favorite likes my shit. You know what I'm saying? So um shouts out to Kevin Michael. K, I love you, man. Um listen to his song Side Nigga on SoundCloud. The G's and nigga are X's, by the way. So when you spell it out, that's how you'll find it. Um and with that said, let's get back to the show. Ayo. We back, bitch. Yep. Y'all just. Period. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nigga, that, I don't know why that shit is so fucking funny. <laughs> period. <laughs> period. Nigga, that shit is hysterical. Um, is yeah, you guys uh, just heard the bop of the week. Shouts out to Kevin Michael. Thank you for being amazing. Um, hopefully one day we can actually do a song together. Just saying. Hey. Just saying. Come just on, collab. Putting it out in the universe. Come on, collab. Um, but yeah. All right. So I was going to do Reckless Post right now because I'm like, oh, we can lighten it up, have some fun. But what I, is that? It's where I, like, I've gotten posts from across the internet that are just completely reckless and I just oh. read them and we laugh. Okay. But um, I, I want to kind of continue this conversation because it's a lot left on the table mm -hmm. and um, it's actually quite important. So let's go ahead and finish up what we were talking about. Um, let's start with we're gonna start with another one of uh, Destiny's notes. We're gonna start with uh, miscarriages and abortions. Mm. Mm. Um, acknowledging, discussing, supporting, and involving professional help to deal with the aftermath. Mm. So we are all boys at this table except for Destiny. <laughs> so he said, "Speak for yourself." <laughs> Beloved. <laughs> well, for the first time in cookout history, someone has said that they're transitioning. You know, so, period. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Destiny, bring us back down to earth, please, please, please. I love hey, it. Yo. I absolutely. Am here for it. <laughs> what has been your experience with that, ma'am? Um, if you would like I, to share. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think that this is a very important topic in um, in our communities, mm -hmm. in the Black and Brown community. Mm -hmm. Um, I myself, uh, personally, I experienced a miscarriage when I was 15. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, actually, I think I had just turned 16. And it was one of those things that um, it was, I didn't tell my mom until I was 17. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I did come out and tell her about it and it's because I actually got a tattoo of it and it says to the one I couldn't carry because oh, I wow. felt like oh. I really felt like I was Jesus. like 
dang, like something is wrong with me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know that miscarriages were normal, like yeah. they, that they happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so my mom, I think she came to visit me in New Jersey and, and she saw the tattoo and she was like, well, what's that about? And I basically told her, I was like, and she was like, you know what? After you left, I found something that maybe indicated that you were pregnant, but I didn't say anything. And then she was kind of like, was it a miscarriage or was it an abortion? Mm. And I was like, no, I know the difference. Right, and right. <laughs> it was definitely, uh, you know, a miscarriage. But um, I'll, so the high school that I had went to at the time, they had like a clinic in the high school. And that's how really? I found out that oh, wow. I was pregnant. Yeah. Like I had cramping and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and then a couple weeks later, I found out that, you know, that, I had lost it. I was right. experiencing um, the passing of it or whatever. Mm. And um, I had a teacher, I, I'll never forget, I was in the bathroom crying. And my best friend was in there and she was like rubbing my back. And um, this is predominantly all black, all black school. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, I think the administrator or the assistant principal, because we had like a bunch of principals, she came in. She was like, what are y'all doing in here? And, mm-hmm. you know, my friend looked up and she was pretty much like, you know, she, she lost her baby. And, this black woman, she said to me, she was like, you know, well, you ain't had no business being pregnant anyway. Oh. And it was just like, maybe she's right. And like, that's what, that's why, that's what prompted me to not tell my mom because I felt like, dang, I wasn't supposed to have been pregnant anyway. But you carrying this by yourself though? Yeah. And, And that's why, and then, once that happened, like I had to get out of that toxic relationship. Like yeah, I was, yeah, you yeah. know, and that's what prompted me to get like, old oh, to the one I couldn't carry. Mm-hmm. And some days I forget, like I'll, I'll go long periods of time with forgetting that it's there and it's mm-hmm. etched stone. So somebody's like, what does that say? And mm-hmm. then like the pain of having to say it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, my mom, like we kind of glazed over it that one time mm-hmm. and then we never talked about it again. Mm-hmm. And now that, um, you know, Ben and I, we are trying to conceive and yay, yay, and but it's, child, that's gonna be a fine ass child. Let me tell you, y'all bad, okay? Y'all bad, child. But um, but yeah, so and then and now it's it's kind of coming back around, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, for me, yeah. and it's just like remembering like how I felt in that moment of brokenness. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we've been going on a year and a half, we're trying, mm-hmm. and now we might we're considering getting some science involved. But I right. just remember mm-hmm. like that feeling of brokenness and like not discussing it and i'm shared with my mom like you know we want to have a baby but it's taking a little longer than mm-hmm. we expected and it's just crickets mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. all right well i'll talk to you later uh-huh, you know, yeah, like yeah. Thing. Yeah. and then i know that my cousin um my cousin she's like probably like eight years older than me but she went through the same thing of issues with infertility mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't feel like she had the proper support and backing from her family like she should have had. Can I ask how do know, how do we people su- don't know how to support you in that? Like, yeah, like people, I was about to ask how do we support? How do well, we support? You know, I think it's more that. of because with the woman, like we have one job, mm-hmm. and that's to bring forth life. Okay. Like you know, like I feel like we are equipped to you know we're supposed to be equipped to be able to. At the drop of a dime, mm-hmm. you know, get pregnant and, and think, carry I don't it think to that's term. A fair pressure, but. Well, when you want a baby, like you feel like that is your <laughs> one job. Is okay, the, fair, fair enough. So, <laughs> so you know, I, in the sense of support, just like feeling like you aren't, you know, you aren't broken, like mm-hmm. not like telling someone that 
just relax and it'll happen when their fallopian tubes are blocked and right, you know right, it's right, like right. or like something like that like that right. isn't that isn't support or you know when you know you have to when you explore other options like surrogates and mm-hmm. things like that and you know you're being told that's not natural oh or they whatever. bring a piece of shame with that yeah, like it, yeah yeah and there is shame tied to infertility and mm-hmm. it's a conversation that we don't have um i know plenty of white women who their moms are like raising their hand to carry their babies like right, you know what right, i mean right. like you read stories and see stories about that all the time mm-hmm. and um you know it's a lot of white women who are going through like the IVF process. Mm-hmm. One, it is a very emotional process. Okay. Um, and then two, it's very expensive. Right. <clears throat> and again, it kind of comes back to money in the black home and the mm-hmm. community or whatever. The reason that you may not be able to explore those options mm-hmm. when you are infertile. I well, didn't. I gonna... No, go ahead. It's fine. Well, no, I was just I was just gonna say because um, I was de- I was just thinking about you know my family and a lot of black families when you think about older generations. Um, I think a lot of us, well, are people that are in the older generations are not equipped to have those conversations. I was just thinking, like within my family, I don't know if anybody from from, from older generations for me, like let's say if you were in my family, would be equipped to have a conversation with you. My grandmother had seven. Right. Her 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 mother had thirteen. Right. But you got to think her, about her mother they, had fifteen. Think about the ones like, they might not have carried a term though. Just because someone might have had seven, and 12, they don't talk kids. about, right, right. they don't True. talk yeah. about if they struggled. I mean, like you know, their parents that have been married for four years, and then and then they had a child, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, was that four years of you guys trying, or was right. it four years like, okay, now we're ready to start? Right, right. And for me, I'm like, you know, we're a year and a half in, or whatever. I've already talked to my mom and said, like, you know, we're having a little bit of trouble. Like, that would be the the time. You said your this, mom has four. Yeah, it's okay. four of us. Um, and then my grandmother had six. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so it's like, so speaking to your point where you come from a family where all the women have had a lot of children, imagine right. that one aunt or that one cousin who can't mm-hmm. even have one. Right. Meanwhile, okay. it's 13 of y'all. Right, 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 so. right. And see, like, sitting up here in, in my male privilege, I did not, in my mind, I was like, okay, my mother is not talking to me about this because I'm a boy and it doesn't mm-hmm. really apply. Doesn't apply yeah. But I'm I'm thinking that, you know, had I had a sister or whatever, like, you know, of course that conversation would have been had, but mm-hmm. obviously it's not mm-hmm. it's not something that's being had. And I'm over here oblivious to the fact that like these conversations mm-hmm. are not being had within. Yeah. Well, and then I forget the statistic. I read somewhere that it's fifty, but I think it's, it might be less than that. But fifty per just based off of the one thing that I uh, read, that 50% of infertility cases are a result of male infertility. Uh, and so the women, so we the sperm's take not on, working. Yeah, the sperm, it might be misshapen. But can they detect or, that on like, oh, which yeah. end it's coming from? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it, that's why it takes both parties to acknowledge that there may be something right. on both ends. Right. And us as women, we, we always take it on mm-hmm. our shoulders. Like, mm-hmm. I... You know, our first six months, I was like, something's wrong. I wish too many. I wish to not be pregnant for so long. Right, and, right. You know, like this is the, you know, this is what's happening. This is a result. And then also, too, in the black community, black mothers are so quick to put their daughters on birth control at Ooh, such an early talk age. Talk about that, ma'am. Talk yeah. about that. And, then, I, and, and it is an issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, after I had my son, I was guilty of it. I, I didn't have a, a menstrual cycle for two and a half years. Whoa. And that was man-made products stopping me from producing the things that my body is supposed to naturally produce. Right. And I know mm-hmm. I remember being in middle school. As soon as my friend would get, get her period, her mom was putting birth her control. on birth control. Mm-hmm. Wow. And 
Like those. So you want to put her on birth control, but you don't want to have the sex talk. Let's talk about that. Yeah. The, the the lack of, of sex talk. Now, in this respect, I my experience was totally different. Mm-hmm. I asked my mother when I was like pretty young. Now, to give context, and she won't mind me talking about this. She said it on the show before. Hey, mom. Uh, stop it. Hey, mom. <laughs> hey, cousin. Hey, mom. Are you done? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> my mom had me at 15. And so, you know, she made sure that I was equipped with with those things to make sure that I wouldn't also be a, a teenage parent. Now, she didn't realize I wasn't, you know. Okay. No, I mean, okay, that was never going to happen for me. <laughs> However, comma, when I asked her about, like, sex and, like, where babies came from and what it was and stuff, like, she was, like, I think she was just waiting because she yeah. was ready. She yeah. had books. Oh, she had conversation. Really? It was like a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> she was like, okay, laser pointer, here we go. <laughs> Boom. Like, so, like... She had I have been ready. waiting for this day, beloved. <laughs> I've been waiting for this my whole <laughs> life. Like so, like in that respect, like I was completely like taken care yeah. about. I and then on top of that, she didn't know this, but I had already kind of I've had some experiences and mm-hmm. when I was younger with the sexual mm-hmm. abuse and stuff. So I kind of knew what it was. But generally speaking, the sex talk isn't really had. Again, it's yeah. one of those things that where it's yeah. like you know, pray it away. Like you yeah. ain't supposed to be feeling yeah. like that yeah. type of thing. So, yeah. what are you guys' experience with the sex talk or lack of within our families? I didn't have much of it. I think about it. In sixth grade, we did the reproductive health. <laughs> I think we did a day of it, and that was really it. Right. Reproductive like, health. That's an interesting phrase. Like, and so, and then that was it. And I went home, and I was like, "Hey, mom, this we learned about this, this, and that." And she was kind of like, "Oh, okay, well." If you have sex, I'm going to cut you. When you're <laughs> yeah. Just, just what she told me. Hey, listen, like, my okay, mother said guess, something very similar. I was like, hey, I guess I'll wait. And that's really... <laughs> I guess I'll wait. <laughs> listen. And that's really, really my experience with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Granted, I think I had... We had a class in sixth grade. Granted, I've already been pre- positioned for sex in fifth grade. Oh. You know? Ooh. So, yeah. It was wow. interesting. I had an interesting upbringing. So... We don't really have it, and I can. And I always tell my cousins. I think when I was came a little older, I told one of my cousins, I was like, "Hey, just wait till you're 17, girl." Mm-hmm. I don't know why I associated 17 because <laughs> I think because I had waited until I was 17, okay. I thought I was an adult enough to make that uh-huh. decision. Mm-hmm. But we don't really talk about it because yeah. I think crazy. part of the reason why. why I waited as long as I did was partially because of the talk that I had with my mom and like making sure that I was like completely clear and ready. Mm-hmm. For the situation, so like I don't have any like sexual regrets as far as right. that goes because I'm very like uh, intentional about the decisions I make to lay with a person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see it as like something I just you know. Yeah. Now I mean I'm teetering on the edge of a whole phase, but <laughs> I think what okay. keeps me from doing it is yeah. stuff like that. I'm like yo, like that's a soul tie. Like I'm never gonna like be able to like Oof. get that person off of me. Soul, you know, and it, yeah. Yeah. soul ties are real. They and are. The thing about is I was somebody who never even believed in that shit, but man, like yeah. now. Yeah, it happens. Like, cause you're like, like, like for me, so I spent probably from seventeen, eighteen to like twenty eight, mm-hmm. like just out here, mm-hmm. just uh, li- you know, living life. Yeah, I'm talking about li- living all of the life. Uh huh. And you know, you know, just running, running around with different women, and and I think, and you know, speaking of, you know, and this may be some low key trauma, but you know, it's. It, I'm desen- I'm desensitized sexually. Like there, like I can spend twenty minutes playing basketball, or I can spend twenty minutes having sex. It's the same thing. I'm just mm-hmm. spending time doing something wow. that I enjoy, but there's no emotional or do you there's reckon, no there's emotional you, spiritual connect. Like there's no there's no connection to it. This is this me. is like the the third or fourth time you, you mentioned this. Do you think uh, yeah. that do you mm-hmm. recognize that that is like 
th- there's a disconnect. You recognize that's not like yeah. how it's supposed to go. I, I'm I'm assuming that that's what it is, and I'm more than willing to explore it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I'm assuming that that's what it is, but for me, it's it it's my normal. So are you gotcha. currently in a relationship? Yes. Okay. okay. So has she? Does she understand? Like, have you ever had this conversation with her? That yeah. the, that wow. like like yeah it, yeah it, yes and and um. Yes, but but for me, my my love is not the love that the love that I give and the love that I like to share and doesn't have anything to do with sex. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. so so for me, it's not a situation where I'm ever pressuring my partner right. to you know sexually like it's not it's not that type of thing that I, I value I value other love, mm-hmm. I value other things, and so I so I think that's why it works you know for me and my partner, um, but like the, but the sex thing is like. Hmm. It's, it, there's no connection to it. Yeah, yeah. There's no. Mm-hmm. I don't. I really don't have a connection to it. And maybe I should at some point. And that's right. something I need to investigate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy that it's not that. I'm happy that it's not a sexual thing for me because people whose relationships are predicated on that, or at mm-hmm. least have a heavy, uh, a heavy equity in that area, mm-hmm. um, it fails a lot. I was right. going to say that. Yeah. It just may not. While you enjoy it, yeah. it may not be your love language. It no. may not be yeah. the thing. Right. 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 It's not that serious for and me. And that's yeah. and that and I feel like. I mean, I know that you were saying that you want to explore it, but I feel like that's kind of okay. Yeah. Like it's okay. Yeah, look, to I'm, not, not, I'm not like I'm not tripping on it. Like I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy that mm-hmm. I'm not in a position where I feel like sex is gonna break me if I don't get. Yeah, like yeah, it's if not. You don't it's get not it gonna, this yeah, week. Then it's like, yeah, it's not gonna break me. And yeah. that, but okay. that it does end up breaking a lot of relationships. And and I think that that I mean that's kind of good. Like in yeah. a way, because shit happens. Like yeah. things right. happen where you know your partner may get sick or you may get sick, and it's just not to on the table. Point where or you even just, or even just life happens yeah. that way, depending on what y'all got going on. I'm um, tired, you know, bro. Within your, yeah, <laughs> all the time. Like you know, oh, shit. Like God. shit just may not. Just ha- it in. just may not happen that right. way. Yeah. Like it's crazy because like I, I, you know, I listen to a lot of radio shows and shit like that, and they start talking about, you know, um, you know. I guess, you know, especially with women, I guess you may have higher sex drives like in your 30s or, you know, getting older, whatever the case may be. So I guess the roles kind of reverse versus a male, like, mm-hmm. like in his early, early ages and things of that nature. And it's just like to have that type of pressure, mm-hmm. I don't want it. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I don't like I like like. I'm like like the super, super high sex drive. Lou was gone in. 20, at 26. I'm going to have to... Like, I, I got, you making me like, have to like think about some things with myself because I'm kind of like the opposite. Like I have... When I'm single, I don't really have a whole lot of sex, but I have a really high sex drive. And so mm-hmm. when I'm in a relationship, I'm like, okay, let's like... What it's the, the absolute reverse for me. You know, and so like I have it's the to... It's absolute reverse for me. But I don't want to put that pressure on the guy that I might end up with and having him think that, right. you know, if we're not having sex frequently enough, that I'm not connecting to him. You know what There's I'm saying? Like conversations, of course, that you know y'all need to have and make sure that y'all have a, a, a very clear understanding right about right. where you are not only where you are currently but where you're trying to go right like for me i'm like i don't have any kids and you know i'm you know considering you know i may want to be married someday like i'm mm-hmm. legacy focused at this point in my life gotcha so i'm um you know the sex the sex thing is just so secondary like it's it's so it's it's so secondary. So you know, especially when you're dealing with your partner, and and that is where you are. Mm-hmm. You got to have that conversation of okay, boom, this is where I am. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm looking to do. So if you want to fuck four or five times a week, I don't have time. I don't have time. So we need to you know either come to some type of compromise or figure out if this is something that's for you. Mm-hmm. You know what, man? I, I you are so fucking cool to me. I swear to God, <laughs> you're so cool, so smart. Okay, you know, just 
I like it. Trying to be sober. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got about four more points I want to get through. If we can do this kind of like rapid fire, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot left on the table, so I might have to do a part two to this in some way because this is really great. But these one I, I definitely want to cover. Okay. Um, talked about that one already. That one too. Um, family structures. Acknowledge other family structures. What did you mean by that, Destiny? So, I mean, the majority of my life, my mom was a single parent. Yeah. Um, and then when she did get married, it was a hot mess. Mm. Uh, and then, like, she's kind of closed-minded in regards to what um, defines a family structure. Okay. Like, if it's a same-sex couple mm-hmm. or you know or a household or whatever and to me like trying trying to talk to her and basically say that it that counts as a family structure yeah, yeah. or if there is a my mom is very strong will you know where um you know if if she comes from in her marriage she wore the pants in a relationship mm-hmm. so if mm-hmm. i sit back and i say ben's taking care of the finances right. i'll have to ask him it's this it's big to do, yeah, yeah. you know. So just realizing that there's different things that make families tick. You know, mm-hmm. we have our rituals or whatever, like Sundays. That is, we all go to church. Fridays is family dinner, this and that or whatever. It's not corny, like. And then like she tries to like, yeah, kind of downplay it and make it seem like it's not like that's not how that works. You can only speak. To what you know. Yeah. So, you know, considering the things that you've said, uh, you know, about, you know, your mother and relationships, like she's speaking to what she knows Absolutely. to be her, to be her normal. Absolutely. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I recognize so, that. you know, and, but you, you are, at least from what I'm hearing from you, it seems like you're very intentional on creating a new normal, which is great. Yeah. Um, you know, you. breaking that generational cycle, those generational curses. So shout out to you. Thank you. Thank it's you. interesting how like things affect you and you don't realize, like you just said what you said and I, I I'm going to admit something on the show here. Um, don't try to take this and run with it, okay, listeners? I am lightly, very, very lightly considering becoming a parent. Very mm-hmm. lightly. <laughs> don't be inhaling like that. I'm going to tell you something, man. I, <laughs> like, I thought it was some bullshit when you was just like, you didn't really want nothing to do it. I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> no, I really, I, it's, it's been it's a, it's, beautiful. It's been a, li- a light is. thought. But Amazing. and there's a, a friend of mine. She's actually been on the show several times. Um, she and I have been talking about like doing that together because she wants to be a mother as well. And you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, parenthood you know. is really? the most amazing thing I've ever done. But like in my mind, I used to like, hate kids, and now I'm kind of like, I don't want. <laughs> I, feel you. I like my own. Yeah. I only like my own. I think I would be like <laughs> okay. that. Yeah, yeah. But no, in talking with her, I was like, yo, like you know, what does that look like? I'm like, okay, you and I have a kid, but then like you know, obviously we're not going to be together. But then like you'll. Going, you'll get Your married. Your partner's gonna have to be and very then I'm understanding, go- right? And then I'm gonna like, you know, how does that? And in my mind, like my kid, when my partner comes along, that's his kid too. Right. And like when you get married, that's gonna be hit. So how do we make that work? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this kid has, you know, he's gonna want to, he's gonna have fucking three dads, like, <laughs> and, and a mom. I like, got three dads. Right? Well, okay, <laughs> that's hysterical. You know, so I'm thinking like, how does that work? But at the same time, what you just said is like, yo, like we create our own normal right. like it's that not right. like yeah. you know like it's not going to be anything crazy to the kid unless we tell them it's crazy right you right. know so right. yeah hmm. and I, and also with that and also with that like a lot of people we throw around a lot of um you know cliche cliche sayings and things of that nature and, you know one of those being 
it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even if that, even if uh, you know, ideologically, you went through with that and everything panned out, and a child ended up having three dads. Right. Like, that is a strong village. It is oh, a strong yeah. village. That's remember, a that's a strong village. Right, so if right. you truly believe that shit that we say, mm-hmm. that child is going to have a lot to pull from, a lot okay. of different experiences. That's true. We refer to it as um, as a team. My um, so my husband is not my son's biological dad, mm-hmm. and um, but he is very much his father. Right. And um, Rocket at one point he was going to school and his friends were kind of trying to make it seem, you know, like your dad doesn't match is what they said or whatever. And I was like, um, you know, I was basically telling him like, you have a team here. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. we are your team, your dad, your dad in DC, like he supports you financially Mm -hmm. or whatever. And then you have Ben here who does all the day to day with you. And then you have his family and Mm -hmm. our family. I'm like, you you have a team. Yeah. And that's a a strong, a stronger team than most. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A strong, a stronger team than most, because the thing about it is a lot of, a lot of a lot of us do not have that type of support from mm-hmm. a parental perspective. Mm-hmm. Like for you know, for you to have you know your two bi- your two biologicals and extras supporting you, yeah. right? That is actually a very it's rare bonus. situation, mm-hmm. super rare, and it's a blessing, really. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take the next like minute or so and just talk sexuality really quick. A really big subject, and I'm going to condense it down to 60, t- 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely was not. Whenever sexuality was discussed in my household growing up. If it wasn't heterosexual, it was it was negative. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. It was you know. Right, same here. Yeah. So how how do we how do we fix that? Like what? How do we get into that? I think you should just put it in your kid's face, honestly, and that's what okay. I think about. Cause just put it out there. Cause I mean, if it's it depends on how you think as a parent. You think it's wrong. Clearly, you're not gonna do it. But if it's okay with you, you know, you don't have a problem with homosexuals or you know people together. Just put it in their face, and I think that's the really thing, because kids are not stupid, and I think that's a lot mm-hmm. what we think, because, you know, seeing two men together is not going to make your kid gay. You that's know? not how it works. Because Lord knows. Just, it's it's my daddy like, got uh, a bunch of bitches, You know, not right. gay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, and I just really think that what it is like, because pe- I remember one time, my sister was like, she didn't want me and my boyfriend at the time kissing in front of my nephew or whatever, and I, and I, I took offense to it, because I'm just like, girl, why? Right. But when... The straights can kiss in front of right. them. What's the big difference? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you don't want to see kids, people showing that type of affection, mm-hmm. I can understand that. But if it, I'm with the man, mm-hmm. that's the problem. And I'm like, these kids, go- your kid is going to be gay. He's going to be gay. Mm-hmm. It and is I what mean, it is. You know, hiding them away from, shielding them from that is not going to change anything. The you thing know? about it is, is that if 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 it works like that, there would be no gay people because most of the representation that we see. Even on television, you know, when they refer to it in music, it's always a straight situation. So it doesn't work like that. It right. simply doesn't. You know, and I think we have this this fear in the black <clears throat> family for some reason. I really want to delve into that one day. Like the, the homosexuality feel like what is the deal with that? You know? I think they it's think just, it's, I think I can speak from somebody who, you know, came from somebody who would be considered a classic homophobe. Okay. Um, to where I am now. Um, I think it's just fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Like for like I know for me yeah. like I just like I didn't I came from an environment you know I grew up in the hood or whatever like but I didn't at least did that I knew of I didn't see any outwardly gay people like I, like it just wasn't oh they were sucking me. dick they were they were they, and, they, and, and, yeah, and you're and you're and you're probably right because yeah, I I I, I had some I had some 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 friends that ended up you know going to jail for some very heinous things and then I heard some things that happened with them while I was in jail mm-hmm. and they were cool with it and I was like. 
Okay. You like him? Uh, him? You right. Yeah. I'm talking about, you know, you out here thugging in the streets and, you know, uh-huh. whatever. But then you come, you know, you, mm-hmm. how do you come home from Suck jail with a penis ring? But that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> and how do you get saying, a penis ring in jail? But anyway. <laughs> with that saying. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's just fear. It, for me, I know it was just fe- it was just fear of the unknown. Okay. You know, it was just it was just it was just foreign shit. But, you know, once I decided to get out of a certain group think and, you know, actually build my build my own relationships. Talk to people, right. learn people. Like you know, like like once you get once you once you get out of that group think shit because I really think that's mm-hmm. what a lot of it is that group think shit. Okay. Once you get out of that and decide to build your own relationships and your own bonds, and actually think for yourself. Right. Um, and a lot of us, specifically with black people, um, it's that religion thing, man. Yeah. It is. Um, it is a it is it is a really it is a really big piece. Um, it's a really big piece, and it and it actually um, blocks a lot of dope relationships. I'm glad I'm out of that space. Right. Um, but yeah, I want to say in closing. Um, first of all, this is really Destiny show because I mean, <laughs> I shout think, out to Destiny, man. <laughs> I think with shout the exception like two things, it was all her. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for you know coming up with this and taking Absolutely. this shit seriously I yeah. and being. Um, no, it's not. That's hilarious. Cause I, <laughs> I mean, I, I see it week to week, but I didn't. No. <laughs> um, but thank you for uh, being as forthcoming as you were with yes. a lot of your experiences right. and just bearing your soul. I really appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Thank you for creating a safe space to work. Sure. To do that. Sure. And I think it's going to help somebody too. Transparency so. is a cure. One hundred percent. Let me just invite somebody to the cookout really quick. I, there's so much I want to do this again with y'all, and I think I'm gonna invite y'all back for it because there's so much you know, like part two so many notes Yo. I left on here. Um, I'm gonna invite uh, Kevin Michael to the show. Thank hey. you, Kay, for being amazing. I love you. Yes, I appreciate you, and I really do actually want to have you on the show at some point. So get your ass down here, <laughs> or I'll come to Philly and bring a mic. We are gonna work this out. Um, so I invite him I'm to cook out. That. He's Can been great to me Ava? for years, huh? Can you invite Ava Duvernay? So uh, when they see that's us? gonna cost you. I invited her. <laughs> actually, that's last gonna week. cost you. I invited her last week. Actually, oh, okay. that is gonna cost. Um, I still didn't watch it. That first thirty minutes, um, I can't do made it. Me mad. Listen, do that that um, I, and I tell I tell everybody because and we're talking about we're referencing when they see us um the Netflix special that for those of for. It, I've been for, like my mother. My mother's a former Black Panther, so for me, on, I've work. been like I, I've been very f- familiar with this, you know, shit like this for a very long time. But even for me, even somebody who's already familiar with it, it's still mm-hmm. heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's heavy because now we're to the point where like you know because the, you know I believe that happened like early nineties for them right yes um, now there was a there was a story either on Dateline or twenty twenty where a lot of black men are just now getting out of jail from being in there in the seventies or eighties all just because they fit a description right right because they weren't they weren't doing the forensics like they weren't like they weren't they weren't really investigating because the thing about it is like as a black person in those times. All you literally had to do was fit a description, and they could pin, they could pin a whole murder on you, a rape on you, and they could do all that. And um, that's why you know any of you guys who who are um, you know wanting to you know at least at least look at how frequently black men have just been fit the description and either got killed or jailed. You know you know look at you know look at cases, look at you know investigate you know the Innocence Project. Mm-hmm. You know they're really focused on um, they're really focused on getting you know getting people out of jail um that were wrongly convicted um you know but we need to we, we need to investigate that because that like right. that that's hap- that happens so so often and now these days and i'm going off on a tangent right now because now these days they're not even putting you in there they're literally just
just killing you on video, on the spot. Mm. Because the thing about it is if we have to take it to trial and take it, you know, testimonies and things of that nature, what, if the video ever makes it to trial, you know, mm. yeah, the ch- ch- changes would have to be made, I'm thinking in my mind, but now they're literally just outright killing us. Like, we just got to educate That's ourselves, create a financial base, and, and, and we got to start moving. Mm-hmm. We got to start moving, moving together. You know, we don't, we don't need outsiders of our community policing our communities. We have to create financial spaces where we can have that type of insulation. Another conversation for another day. You're amazing. But no, seriously, I, I, I'm like, I'm going to give him the space to say that because that's amazing. It's mm-hmm. very true. Um, let's do Be Nice Asshole super quickly. Um, I know the three you just met today, so it's kind of <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know them like that. Um, but Destiny, since you got here first, you can choose your person. And then that person to choose a person and so forth. Okay, so, so be nice, asshole. Is that's just when you like pretty much like we did with Ben last just time. Pick somebody oh, and just say, say something yeah, nice. say something nice about him. Say you know whatever you appreciate, whatever. Okay, something like that. I'm gonna do Lou. 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 Yep. Dang girl. I was like, <laughs> 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 so bad. Now I'm about to do. <laughs> but no, like some of the some of the things that he was talking about earlier, like it made me realize, like you are not that I thought that you weren't smart, but yeah. it just kind of confirmed. Like, you know, that you are super smart and mm-hmm. like you had some really eye opening mm-hmm. points. So that'll be my be nice asshole. I love it. Lou. I appreciate it. Um, I, I, I actually want to do Destiny. All right, well. go for it. Okay. Um, so no, no, Dimitri, it's fine. No, 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 no. The reason why, because like, like you mentioned earlier, you know, this was pretty much Destiny's show and yeah, um, the transparency that you've had um, within the show. Um, I know, you know, I mean, the reason why we, we, we do shows like this is to give a voice to the people who, are, who might be voiceless. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, mm-hmm. and to tell, to tell your story, um, admirable bravery, um, you know, put yourself in a space where you're vulnerable to a bunch of people who don't know you, mm-hmm. um, that takes a strength. Um, and I, and I, and I appreciate that. And, um, as far as you and your husband trying to conceive, I, I hope y'all get everything y'all want in that space. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Um, and blessings. Thank you. I thank love you it. So Dimitri, I um, <laughs> you are so stupid. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell y'all something about this nigga, Dimitri, man. <laughs> This this nigga is funny. He is. <laughs> what are you doing? You know how to oh, the pictures that you take. Oh, <laughs> nigga! Shout out to Sears. Right, <laughs> the Sears photographs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could see this right now. I wish I could see Yo, this. Oh, this nigga! Oh here. my god! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! I'm actually gonna do something I've never Yo, done the show before. That. <laughs> I'm gonna, no, wait, wait! I'm gonna video this you and like. You gotta talk. Dimitri, hold on. Show a serious me, look. Show me what the serious pose is when you're taking the pictures. What is it? <laughs> Put the hand, the hand on the hip, though. You make sure you get the hand on the hip. So make stupid. sure you get the hand. Yes, that's it. That's it, yes. On, 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 on the picky face. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Y'all, <laughs> listeners. hysterical. Listeners, do that me a favor. hysterical. Head over to my, to my Insta story right now. <laughs> On both my personal page oh my God, and the cookout page, and y'all will see what we're laughing at. Demetri's so stupid. Oh man, um, that's one thing I love about you is your humor. Like no matter how serious or, or heavy <laughs> or heavy a conversation is, you can lighten it up. Um, I appreciate uh, you have a you have a beautiful spirit as well. Thank you. You're welcome. It's and um, I don't <laughs> what the f- <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but something is different about you, and I love it. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, well, I said about the whole table. Okay, cool. I, I really like your energy. You're really, really smart. He's talking to Lou. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it. And I really do like that. It's very, very good to see a black man who's really smart and knowledgeable and can mm-hmm. talk about the things you can talk about and have you've talked about on this I table platform right now. 
I really like your openness, Destiny. <laughs> like, it was just amazing just to hear the things you were talking about and just being so transparent and open. And I love that because, I mean, mm-hmm. clearly, that is me. And so it's really Absolutely. nice to see that type of energy. Absolutely. And especially talking about something as challenging as this is and especially opening up your own personal life. Mm-hmm. Chase, I love the fact that you have this platform and Thank you're you, really bringing up forth these conversations and shit about our communities, about ourselves, about situations and everything. Where are we talking about it? You know what I'm saying? Because we bitch and moan about it amongst our friends. Yes. We can talk about it so everybody can hear it and everybody can get their therapy from it. Thank you, so, sir. Yeah. I appreciate it. Period. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's let, know, let the people know how to find you. If you have anything that you want to promote, um, by all means, take this opportunity to do so. Let's start with Lou. Um, I usually have problems uh, remembering and spelling my, my, my information, um, but I'm, I'm, Lou, I'm Lou Lee on Facebook. Uh, Instagram, I'm GroovyLou1, G-R-O-O-V-Y-L-E-W, and the number one. Um, tomorrow night, I will actually be... Uh, well, no, and we also have a, we, we also uh, do the Front Porch NC live show on Facebook Live. Yes, um, so if you find me, So if you find me on Facebook, you know, you can watch our live show. Um, me, uh, my co-host Bearded Jay, and uh, basically our blog. Um, you know, we do that on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and lastly, tomorrow night, I will be taking my final real estate exam. So, yes. yes. So we, you know, so you know, pray, pray for me. Come on, somebody. Um, you know, and hopefully in the future we can talk about you know some investments. You know, right. real estate. You know, real estate things. You know, creating this generational wealth to get our uh, our, our pockets popping. Right. I didn't know or, that. You know, That's what's up, man. Yeah. So, awesome. y'all pray for me, and we we trying to, we trying to move around out here. Yes, sir. Super proud of you, Dimitri. Hey, this your girl Dimitri. <laughs> ah, hysterical. <laughs> you can just follow me on Instagram at dmeaty d m e a t y or dmeaty. Ask about me in these streets. Period. Um, and you can follow my photography Instagram, Instagram, goddamn, at Xavier Images, one underscore, X-A-V-I-E-R-I-M-A-G-E-S, one underscore. Dimitri is a joy to work with. He did all the um, the photographs for the cookout live back in January. Oh, um, word. He was, okay. yeah, fire, fire. So certainly hire him for sure. Destiny. Awesome. Hey. hey. All right. So you guys can find me on Instagram at Toso, T-O-S-O 25. It stands for the other side of 25 because it gets real. Uh, facts. That Say that. And mm-hmm. um, I actually have a, another Instagram page called Toso 25 blog. And that um, would link you to my personal finance page where I talk mm-hmm. about all things personal finance and my own mm-hmm. personal journey with becoming debt free and Work. building generational wealth. Beautiful. And I, too, also have my real estate license so you Dude, know really? once you get your license you need to talk that's what's up, up. yeah yeah Lit. yeah, yeah, yeah. making these connections mm-hmm. i love it mm-hmm. okay you guys can follow me at chase cassidy on the instagrams cassidy is of course spelled with the k you can follow the cookout podcast on instagram as well send all listener letters and questions or whatever you have to the cookout podcast at gmail.com um yeah, I think that should be good. Be on the lookout for merch coming soon. Merch. Mm-hmm. And the cookout merch. New York, I will see you tomorrow, actually. Um, by the time you hear this, I'll be flying out um, tomorrow morning. Flewed out. And, um, <laughs> flew- <laughs> flewed I wish out. I was getting flewed out. Um, and I'm going to be doing Living Loud, Whiskey and We, and um, uh, possibly a Moby Talks podcast event Saturday merch. morning, which would be fun, I guess. And I get to see my family as well. So um, see you soon, New York. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to my show. Thank you all for coming and doing this. I really appreciate thank it. You. And um, with that Always said, a pleasure. thank you, man. Make somebody smile today. Remember, be nice, asshole.